You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Live, live from the Toad Hop Network studios in Hollywood. This, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com, the best in the world. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. It's the Craig Shoemaker Show with Craig Shoemaker, Sarah Sweet, and Joel Geist. Oh my God! Who sent you here? Dr. Drew hey. diagnosed the Love Master character a severe. Well, he's actually a sociopath. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be fair. He's a sex addict sociopath. So, so there we go. We, we have Dale Hughley coming up. When you told me about you know your kids that you adopted that was clairvoyant. I told you the story about how he came. It was the dumbest, most <laughs> low level. It was like the Geraldo Rivera tool. <laughs> Adam Carolla is now walking in, carry like a buck slip. It's like if paper got a boner. <laughs> Tom Bergeron, I'm like, well, what am I doing here? And Tom was actually played the game. I played against Slow Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And this didn't go in your book? I lost. It was <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Are you in South Africa? Yes, motherfucker, I'm in Johannesburg. <laughs> He's in the Matrix. <laughs> On a bull. <laughs> Make sure to visit our website, CraigShoemakerShow.com. They left the part in. Yeah, they include that. They included the, in the is he intro. in the Matrix, Samuel L. Jackson. Who is she talking about? <laughs> exactly. Well, we didn't know until I just said it. Damn so, it. Just had to clarify that was Sarah saying that. That was Stefan, <clears throat> his first day producing. Ileana is working today. Right, and this is your first day. I wouldn't want to be your first day today because I am completely ill-prepared <laughs> oh, for today's geez. show. <laughs> this could either be the worst show or the best show. That's not a good way to start. But, uh, yeah, it could be terrible. I've been very busy. Because you got a haircut? Yeah, that's why. That's why. You know, it takes a while. When you get a haircut, good, there's though. a whole planning preparation. And yeah. Who do you go to and you have to drive there and all. No, it's not the haircut. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I did do that yesterday. Would I, which I fit in. Did I ever tell you the thing that they always say to me? Shoe, you know, people call me shoe. Yeah. yeah. Why do when you can overdo? <laughs> because huh. I overdo what? things. Oh. Why just do when you can overdo? How'd you overdo the haircut? Well, yesterday, well, I fitted in among yeah. uh, a business meeting. I, you know, I drive into town. I call it driving into town. Because you live way You live farther. on a farm? Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. because I have to go get water, fetch water at the, at the fishing hole <laughs> and all that. I have to go into town. You know, my wife has to have a bucket on top of her head and balance it on the way back from the river. Why don't you guys just dig a well? No, no, that's the exaggerated part, but there is a coming <laughs> into town. There is a coming into town that I do. I live out in, you know, and, and out there. Yeah. It's a different area code, I, and I have to come in. It's a 25-mile commute, so when I come, when the people say, hey, you have an audition, or I, I, I pile things up. Yeah. So I had an audition, a business meeting, and a haircut, then had to go back and host kids <laughs> for a nine-year-old birthday party oh, that Jay. we were throwing. Your son turned nine? Yeah, so birthday party for the nine-year-old for Jared, and this is no easy task. What was the theme? I would probably rather... I would pr rather be the coordinator uh, for a for the premiere of World War Z. I really? would rather coordinate that and have to deal with Angelina Jolie. Is she going to be there? I can handle that better than an eight-year-old, nine-year-old trying to tell me that they that I burnt the hot dogs. I got heckled by kids really bad. They go, if you want to know if it's burnt, look at my plate. It's got it's got black dust on it. I have to deal with it. Really. <laughs> 
I hate picky kids. Yeah. I hate oh, picky oh, kids. and then to top it all off, I don't like it either, Joel. You know me. You know me. I like, I'm like, what's in front of you? It's we, free. We, we talked about that. Well, when it's free, yeah. I took my, oh, that's the other thing. When I bought the food the day before, I went on a run at, at uh, Costco. Uh-huh. I went on a, and my kids were eating all the samples. I was, atta boy. Atta boy. They're eating it all. Some good, and there were good samples, too. Yeah. One of them have? we actually had for dinner that night. What was it? I just said, more samples of it? No, I did. I just piled up. I come on, pile these in. And yeah. Just put these on your lap, and we'll take them home, and that's dinner. No, I wasn't that bad. We had this stuff that I was actually looking for because I had it the night before. My My... My neighbor is trying to convince me to be a vegetarian. Woohoo! I'm on. I'm a vegetarian. I'm back. I tried. Back to doing it. Woohoo! Woohoo! Didn't sound very committed with the woohoo. Woohoo! Woohoo! No cardiac arrest. Well, uh, well, I I gave it a little shot, and I, the guy brought over uh, this fake chicken. Yeah. Yuck. Fake? No, it was delicious. No, it's it's really good. Orange I've chicken. Had stuff like that. And I got to tell you something. I'm gonna uh, get behind this stuff. But it was soy. better. Uh, whatever it is, it backs me up, constipates <laughs> me. I can't do soy. There you go, Sarah. Yeah. Now that's the issue. Yeah. So you're trading one thing for the other. Yeah. Yeah. You're trading an early death for <laughs> gas, <laughs> yeah. of which I am killing other people. It was unbelievable the bad. amount of gas. Yeah. Soy sucks. <laughs> it, 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 my 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 wife said, "Was that a creaky door? That's what it's. This fart lasted so long. It was like you were walking into a haunted house. <laughs> I, it was unbelievably long. It take all day. This, this. It was so long that I actually said to myself, I wish Guinness was here, so I could <laughs> I could apply for a I record. I would a have thing. a record for longest fart. <laughs> you know, you always want to be in the Guinness World Book of Records for something. I thought to myself, I, this one would get me in." How? This whole 24 hours after I had two days of the fake chicken, ugh. it was, no, not ick. No, don't go there. It was delicious. Even my son, Justin, who's a nightmare with, with foods, he goes, we didn't tell him, by the way. That it was soy? No. And I don't even fake know if it chicken. was soy. I don't I'm even sure know what it, it was. I know it wasn't chicken, and it was, you know, good for you. And you got it at Costco. I'm sure it was soy. Really? Yeah. They're big into the soy. They have a big soy business going on at Costco. I had no idea. I have to look into that. I'm sure there will be a documentary about this. <laughs> Bernard Clemens from London sustained a fart for two minutes and 42 seconds. Get out of here. Joel, I swear to you, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm writing it down. <laughs> two hours, 42 seconds. Two, two minutes, minutes and 42 two seconds. Minutes. Two hours. I can handle yeah, yeah, that. I had a two-hour fart. Uh, I am telling you. It was a, not continual. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you uh, there was you no break. breathe in. There was no break. Did you poop your pants? <laughs> no, I didn't. Have nothing to do with poop. It was all gas. So two minutes, two hours and two, two minutes, minutes. forty two seconds. Wow, I'm going to time it. I'm just going to, I'll eat more of this There's stuff. There's no way I your love fart records. lasted I, two minutes. I don't have many records in That's life. That's a long time. That's a long fart. I still have the record at this camp from when I was 13. What? Well, what happened was I was really 12, but I said I was um, – no, I was really 13, but said I was 12. That was the cutoff. Mm-hmm. I was only by a few months, and I ran in bare feet like a Kenyan. And so- I'll never forget it. I set all the <laughs> records. I had – and it was so – I was so fast that I had, actually had to be another guy because I wanted our camp to win. So I had to register as another guy, Carl Rodziewicz. So, so I was Carl Rodswich and Craig Shoemaker set the records for every single thing that I entered because I had bare feet. So on the same camp group? Yeah, so what I- happened is all the camps get together in, in the White Marsh area, right? And they have this big, giant Olympic day, they call it. 
So there's long jump. There's uh, there's all the 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 running the bases, the, the everything. Yeah. And I just said, I am. It was one of those times in my life. I just I cannot be defeated. I could. <laughs> I, I actually thought to myself, if I was in the real Olympics, I could not be defeated as long as I have bare feet. Yeah. It's one of those confidence things. Yeah. So I had to, I mean, calluses. I was really like, it was like I was delivering mail in Kenya for a living. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was just one of those guys. I could I have a very tough feet and make me fast. And I never had good shoes, so this was good. I'd take them off. Never go, he's entering in bare feet. Look out for him. Yeah. I was intimidating everyone. So I set the records for for this camp. And that's the only records I ever have. And half of them were Carl Rodswich. Those really aren't Carl <laughs> Rodswich. The first time I've ever admitted it. It's really not him. How did you spell the last name? Rodswich? Yeah. R-O-D-Z-E-W-I-C-H. Carl Rodswich. He was a real guy. You thought you were going to stump him. Don't, yeah. You can never stump him on spelling. <laughs> not on spelling. I know this. I just wanted to see if you'd remember. I'm a nerd. I was yeah. spelling. It. Yeah, he's he's really I can spell great. A, I could spell anti-disestablishmentarianism like yeah. that. He's I a spe great speller. I, You're I never going to shame that, him by so that. I don't have the record, but I did win a spelling bee in seventh grade. I'm a very good speller. I'm mm -hmm. really into it. I'm kind of anal about it. But thank you for recognizing that, Sarah. <laughs> now I feel better about my life. Stefan will learn. He'll okay. Learn. He'll learn He'll things learn like this. He'll learn how to shame you. It's not spelling or grammar. <laughs> <laughs> There's a list. Yeah. That's not on it. Or nope. area codes. I, no. Area codes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty good with the area codes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. There are things, but I don't set. I want to have a record, so I think I'm going to go for flatulence. Two, two hours and forty-two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two, minutes, two, <laughs> two hours. Minutes. I keep saying two hours. But go big. I mean. Yeah. Go big. Set your sights big, Craig. <laughs> I mean, I think that this is the case with a lot of people. It's human nature that you want to be like really great at something and unfortunately some people take a bad path some people think that uh, i'll kill someone and therefore i will be known sure which really offends me they had this guy on the cover i open up my news today on uh oh, well it just opens up for you in my old school aol <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the news the first thing in the news poof, has that terrorist again from boston right yeah. it's got a picture of him it looks like a nice guy and i'm going wait a minute it's the guy that killed people. And they're just going to keep putting up a new photo of him. It's like he went on a modeling shoot. Yeah. It's unbelievable. This yeah. guy's got more press and more publicity than all the talented people the out there. the victims, too. Yeah. I'm a guy that can fart longer than anybody. <laughs> I should be on there. That's what I want. But I, that's what I, I think that the media should think, should contemplate before they, Doing an article before they make stars out of Yeah, that's true, because they're still even talking about the guy that uh, killed those people in the dark night. Uh, yeah. Theater. Oh, yeah. Well, they bring him up. him up when they want to talk about, you know, mass shootings and stuff like that. Shouldn't even know his name. I won't even allow this show to say anybody's name who are killers. Okay. That's <laughs> right. I, I, was, I had this whole bit about Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> now, him, there is a statute of limitations. I will allow Charles Manson. <laughs> you can't He's, talk about Charles Manson. A fascination of mine, actually. I read the book. Oh, really? Yeah, Helter Skelter. Why is it fascinating to you? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Should we explore? Maybe. I, okay, why would that one be fascinating? Well, I have one reason. My father is very similar to him. No, I don't mean that. In that way. I didn't mean in that way. How, in what way? Dumb, dumb. The charismatic personality of women? My father, I actually learned from the Helter Skelter book how my father did it, how he acquired all of the acquired how he, what's the word for it? Got all his whores. Whores? <laughs> yeah. I'm not whores. The harem? The pro, oh, pro, uh, I can't think of the right word. Procured? Procured. How he procured all of, he has a, uh, like, uh, 
a number of women that yeah. live on the ranch, and just like Manson had, by the way, at a ranch, mm -hmm. the Spawn Ranch. That's where they lived. Yeah. And <laughs> you had a harem. Uh, who? My Manson? father? No, Manson. Of course. He had lots right. of ladies. I know nothing about him. Okay, I will tell you. All right. Okay, Charles Manson, 1969, I believe this is. Craig also has a photographic memory, too. That uh, is true, mm -hmm. yes. So I have a photographic memory. I can remember the ranch that I saw, photos of it in the book. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell you what the Leslie Van Houten looked like, <laughs> hair parted in the middle. She was one of the harem. He didn't call it a harem. My dad does, though. Yeah. One of the funniest moments of my life was I was getting a tour of the Poconos, and the guy thinks I'm this Hollywood comedian. He's giving me the you know the treatment. You know, I got the limousine and the big room. <laughs> he's going. He's there, and I hadn't seen my dad in years. And you know, he runs this Pocono Adventures on mules, and I'm there playing Caesars in the Poconos. You know, Caesars Palace. Yeah. Well, they have yeah. a Caesars in the Poconos. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy's going, oh, come over here. Mr. Shoemaker, over here, you got your racquetball court. If you're in the mood for racquetball, you got that there. And you got that, uh, the coits. Do you know what coits are? Oh, coits are a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving me the whole tour of the place. Yeah. You got to play coits over there. We got volleyball. I know you don't have anybody with you, so no volleyball partner. <laughs> so he's going, he's giving me the whole tour. And he goes, oh, my gosh, look at that. There's A.J. Shoemaker and his harem. What's that nut doing here? And he had no idea. And he I got to say, two two I, I got to say these words. That's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, who I hadn't seen in years, walks up. He goes, hey, dummy. Hey, look at the cheese tray. He stole my cheese tray, the complimentary cheese tray. Well, he takes my cheese tray back. He goes, oh, the girl's back at the ranch. Don't like this. It's got Gouda. <laughs> <laughs> he takes my cheese tray. But he takes it back to the ranch. Hard to keep a harem uh, entertained. Exactly. So the, even the guy in the Poconos giving me the tour called it his harem. My dad yeah. called it his harem. Called yeah. it his harem. That's what, the, that's what it is. It's like number. He's a mother-daughter. He's got this one, that one. They all came from all different backgrounds. Now, here's what they had in common. This is what I got out of the whole cult thing, yeah. if you could call it that, would, by reading the Manson book. Now, this guy obviously took my dad's not a bad guy. He doesn't take it the bad ways. Uh, it depends who you're talking to, yeah. but, uh, but uh, <laughs> he runs mule rides. Manson uh, had uh, other businesses and things like that. Now, how did he get the women? Does anybody have an idea how people, hmm. uh, the charismatic guys, yeah. do this? And how they How they get these communes of women that basically look at these men as a guru, as their answer. How do they get them to come to them? Does anybody know the common denominator? Yeah. This is what I found out in the Manson book, Helter Skelter. Daddy issues. Hmm? Daddy issues. Exactly. That's well, very good say. stuff. I was going to say that. Very. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want to be cliche. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be obvious. I feel like I'd be a victim of his. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is how the prey happens. This is what happens is vulnerable women are approached. Mm -hmm. And almost like a fake psychic, they'll say, you have problems with your father, don't you? Now, even if the first five say, no, I don't, get out of here, yeah. the sixth one's going to go, how did you know? <laughs> oh, I just know. And that he becomes, they become the answer. They yeah. Did your dad really do that? Was that his opening line for like Well, he didn't do it like that. He'd go, hey, hey, you hey. look good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I visited him, and I was 17, and he took me. He's always, you know, it was always about work. He would never just hang with me. And that was when I was like trying to, you know, and getting, you know, women myself. Uh -huh. And and he, we, we went around this. Um, it was always like some sort of a, 
convention. So we're going out for this convention looking for mule tack, looking for mule parts or whatever it was for the mule parts. I don't know what we're – it was something that he was – a plumbing thing. I have no idea. So we're going around. They have these little booths, and we had a competition. Yeah, they don't want you. You're young and dumb. <laughs> they want experience. Now watch how I work. So then we go up to this one. I'll never forget it. And um, she actually, and he's standing there with one of the harem. She wanted him. She totally wanted him. Didn't want anything to do with me. She would have quit her job right on the spot and gone with him. I've never seen anything like it. Wow. That's bizarre. Yeah, he'd just work him. He'd go, hey, this is a little small. How you doing? <laughs> hey, you like doing this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that does not seem sexy or appealing uh, well, at all. I'm not you must doing know well. who and to plus, target. And plus, you know me, and you're looking at me going, I don't find you appealing at all because you're seeing <laughs> Craig Shoemaker in it. You're not seeing him. He, I could do, I He's, could do the face. I could do the face. Yeah, do it. Yeah, you're going to think it's disgusting. No, I'll no, do no. it anyway. I'm okay. going to do it anyway. Right, I'm just great. as an experiment, okay, <laughs> Sarah? Okay, I'm just going to try because I know you're going to go, eh, I don't get it. Take a risk. <laughs> hey. How you doing? You you look, you look beautiful. Hey, look at the, hey, Craig. Look at the eyes on her like a deer. Like a doe. You got doe eyes. Yeah. You like riding? I'm asking you. Uh, Do you like riding? What? Riding what? Oh, uh, animals. <laughs> you like riding animals? Um, I have yeah. ridden a horse. That's all oh, I've ridden. Yeah. Only once. <laughs> yeah. kid. She only rode once, dummy. <laughs> See, I'm next to him. Yeah, yeah. She only rode once. You only rode a horse once? Gee. Oh, you're missing out. Nothing like how you would feel riding an animal. How would you feel? What kind of animal? Oh, big animals. Big. Yeah. <laughs> is, this a, is this a penis reference? <laughs> I think he's alluding Would to Would you stay in character? Yeah. <laughs> I have my buddies here next to me, too. I just, um, my <laughs> there, I think we should go. <laughs> <laughs> this is creepy. Is that what you would do? You play the this is creepy guy? <laughs> it is creepy. Hey, hey, dummy. No, no, he's calling me not. That, I you're doe eyes. But he, he's like, you rode <laughs> a horse? No, wait Big a you only, rode a, you only rode a horse once. No, I've ridden horses several times. Several? Uh, you like it? Yeah, I love horses. I got 75. <laughs> 75 of them on my ranch. Hey, dummy, give her the number. Give her the number. Where we? You ever been to the Poconos? Mm-mm. Oh, beautiful countryside. Let's see. <laughs> Take you up there. No, it wouldn't work. Sarah, we're going to go get some cotton candy. <laughs> Do you want to come? Are you okay? <laughs> it's not working, huh? No. no. Well, it's because it's me. You see me. I doubt it. No. Plus, Sarah's kind of secure in herself now. Like, maybe, who knows? Is that what it is, Stefan? You think that that's, it's our security? Well, I, mean, I thought in the first couple minutes I had her. <laughs> I don't think so. Not even a little bit. I was more like, I don't know how to get out of this. <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with targeting. Like, he must know. Like, you see a girl working, you know, mm -hmm. at some hot dog stand or whatever, and you're like, she doesn't want to be here. She's good. Uh, one. You know. I think I think Joel's going to be a cult leader. <laughs> I'm <laughs> working on he this. He already knows the candidates. If they're at a hot dog stand, <laughs> that makes them vulnerable. They don't yeah. want to be there. Give them another option. Hey, 
You ever work at a burger place? <laughs> Burgers better than hot dogs. I think if you su- like supplied me with what I really want in my career, I might be like, ooh. Well, well that's what they do in Hollywood. That's, that's there. There's a million of my yeah. dad around here. That's yeah. what they do. They prey upon that. Mm. I'm my first agent ever out here. I couldn't believe it. You know what? I couldn't believe what this guy had the balls to say. He was flat out a pig. Just a like flat-out agent pig. Said, hey. Didn't care if, if you looked it up in a dictionary. You know, you hear about Hollywood when you're living back in Philadelphia. I would hear about the Hollywood agents, these guys that were working it, working it. This guy was flat out. I said to him, can I have a meeting with you? I was brand new out here. And he signed me. He was a really big agent, too. Uh-huh. But he was an individual agent. He handled, like, Mannix. You guys know who Mannix is? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's funny. Mannix was like this private detective. He was a big star at the time. Yeah. In oh, the 60s. I thought you were talking about a personality. Yeah. And like a yeah. dynasty, you know, Linda Evans. He had like all these really big. At the time. At the time, big clients, <laughs> yeah. right? So big. I move out here. I'm 20 some years old. And this guy says, I'll sign you. So, of course, boom, I went with this guy, first agent. And I'd said to him, I said, Can we meet? You know, I want to talk about my career. He goes, What are you kidding me? Because if we meet, you have to bring, and he gave me the qualities, and he had it down. He says they have to be, want to be in show business, but they're not in show business yet. They have to be really good looking, like model good looks, <laughs> and they have to be brand new in town, minimum six months. That's who you bring oh, to the meeting. what a dick. Wow. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty of them. That's true. I brought a girl from my acting class in Philadelphia. She was here six months, model, and I brought her with me to the meetings. <laughs> wow. And then he raped her. <laughs> no, 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 no. I made sure there. I don't know if he signed her or not, but I did bring her along to the meeting. I had to have a meeting, damn it. I said, Elle, will you come with me? She was from Sweden. She didn't know any difference. So, so <laughs> I brought her to the meeting with me. It was like a lunch. He says, you have lunch with me? This is what has to happen. And that's what, and uh, uh, this guy, and he was ugly, ugly, ugly guy, mm-hmm. inside and out. And yet he got so many women based on that ability to prey upon women in need of something. And yeah. then that, those would be your needs. I should have done A.J. Shoemaker Say, hey, you ever do TV? <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. That's probably what it yeah, yeah, I watch TV. No. <laughs> <laughs> now you watch it. You can put me on it. So I hosted this party yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, the nine-year-old. In the nine-year-old party. Burnt hot And dogs. I will tell you, I am half and half. You guys know this about me. I, I, I'm like a half curmudgeon, crotchety, cranky, you know, old school guy. Bring back the old days. You know, I don't like texting. (laughs) (laughs) I do my Harrison Ford. Damn texting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I get angry with people that text me all the time. They they will not communicate verbally. But I'm I'm on a phone call. Damn it. So I'm that guy. But then I'm also new age and I married new age. And, you know, I've got the hippie thing. I planted a garden. (laughs) I have a beautiful garden. The artichokes are already growing and we're eating them. I mean, I have a beautiful sustainable organic garden and that's me and I did a home birth and I compost and all that and then there's the other me the hell compost go to the damn store and buy it yeah <laughs> let somebody let a farmer grow this shit so there's I'm half and half yeah so what I did with the kids is I, I'm hosting a party and I said to my wife what about menu I said the pizza everybody has pizza everybody does pizza we're, it's the Shoemaker family. We, we don't do things to everybody else. 
<laughs> about hot dogs. No, not just hot dogs. Okay. So no, yes, <laughs> Stefan, that was in the, the it was on the list. So I made a list and I went to Costco with the kids, did all the sampling. By the way, I have a picture of this guy. I wanted to sample the Barca Lounger, but he stayed there the entire time. <laughs> I hovered around him. He's sampling his damn Barca Lounger with a massager in the back, because I need that. This 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 foreigner. This foreigner. <laughs> See, I'm both. Yeah. Yeah. Now the other me is like, I think he might have come from somewhere other than my hometown. But uh he would not get out of this Barca Lounger. So I went around and I got every variety of a dog. You could possibly have every single variety. Bratwurst, yeah. cheddar worst, mm. brat hot, uh, cheddar hot dogs, Ooh. tofu That's hot good. dogs, vegetarian mm. hot dogs, kosher hot dogs, regular hot dogs. How oh, many yeah. kids are how coming many to this party? Did you buy? Now, now, yeah, yeah. See, that's my problem. Oh, I am an idiot, trying to appeal to these kids. And then what did I do? I hired the gym teacher, and he's running them on, you know, chase the flag or whatever, capture the flag, and they're yeah. all having a blast. I went out there like a waiter. Like a kiss-ass waiter with a list of the kids and said, which would you prefer? And I'm going through the list. And every one of them goes regular. And they look yeah. at me like an idiot. <laughs> I'm trying to appeal to the parents, and the parents never came. Not one parent was even eating a hot dog. I thought they'd be off. so happy going, oh, I would love a I, oh, turkey. I forgot that. I had turkey dogs, too. Yeah. Seven different varieties of some sort of doggy thing. How much total do you think you had? Huh? How many total hot dogs do you think you had? A total of actual dogs? All hot dogs. Uh, or the variety. I had seven varieties. But then how much? To like uh, totally, you know, uh, multiply that times. So <laughs> probably, had, yeah, I probably had a hundred, a hundred of the actual dogs. Yeah, I think I even forgot some. I've, I, but I would ask them, and almost every one of them. And so now, I realized that I didn't have enough of the regular dogs. Regular, that's all they <laughs> right. wanted. All they wanted was regular dogs. One pack I didn't. I thought these California spoiled ass kids would say. Oh, do you have any tofurkey? <laughs> this is what I was ready for. I thought they'd have a tofurkey. Not one. I couldn't believe except for my hippie neighbors. Yeah. So that was it. They, they of course, they arrived a little later. And, so, and I was like, hey, got the tofu ready for you. <laughs> and I was like very proud of myself. And I borrowed their barbecue. And by the way, barbecuing is not easy no. as it used to be. I thought that you just, you know, nowadays you just you press a button and a gas thing comes up and it's instant like that. Now I'm here, I'm soaking these things, and these kids, these spoiled-ass kids are putting their T-shirts up, covering their mouths and their nose, like, like they've just been hit by a tsunami and there's, like, germs in the air. They're, <coughs> they're like, gagging. <laughs> like it's contagion. Because of the they're, smoke? Because of the smoke that I was making from all of the... I poured every bit of gasoline on this thing. <laughs> <sighs> because it wouldn't light it the way I wanted it to. Yeah. So I, I didn't trust... You know, you have to trust that they're actually going to burn. These embers are going to burn one another, and they're going to mingle. And they're gonna, it and takes they're a gonna, while. It does, but I didn't have the patience, so I'm, I'm lighting <laughs> it up. Now, I'm, I literally went to the school, and I took papers out of trash cans. And people, literally, teachers are going, what, what, what are you doing? Like they thought I was doing something illegal. They're going, what are you doing? And I was pulling papers out so I could put them into the charcoal. <laughs> yeah. So now I've got burning papers, which have toxins on yeah, them. Yeah, who knows what's on them. Crayons, who the hell knows what's on them. I'm burning this. Everything's lighting up, and it's not going well. Now I put the dogs on too soon, and I have and I use the entire briquettes. I use them all. So it means, it means it's just piled high with burning. So what did I do? <laughs> The second these dogs went on there, just lit up. I'm like trying to put the fire. Now the kids are lined up. I want the first one. I want that one. And they're like pointing. I'm going, back up. Back up. So now, 
so now I'm like ordering them around. <laughs> and I, and the, you know, the couple parents that were there are going, I thought he was a comedian. <laughs> it's not very funny. It's not funny. He's mean. I'm, I'm, back up! Because the kids are like, and, 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 and there's one who wants to help. I don't need your help. Oh, God. Kids are annoying. Oh, oh they are. They are. They really yeah. are. And you hate to say it. Yeah, they But there are some annoying kids. Oh, and then yeah. you have, and then Most of them. when they got, when you, all of them were black, not the kids. What? <laughs> Hot dogs. Didn't sound right. I went from kids to all of them were black. They were so annoying. They no, were no, no, all... those annoying black. No, um, those annoying black hot dogs. Right. Okay? Yes. Okay. Listen. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And the kids would not be convinced by my other old school run of charcoal's tasty and it's good for you. <laughs> yeah. They didn't go for that. They yeah. know better. It's good for digestion, you little rat. Come on. You won't have any gas if you have charcoal. It's delicious. I'm trying to convince them. I swear to you, two bites, boom, they put it back on the table and ran back on the field again. Yeah. So then they're going to go home to their parents I'm and say, hungry. he served me a burnt hot dog. I already got Facebook by one of the parents. <laughs> really? Yeah, said, as soon as he got in the car, he goes, the hot dogs were terrible. She goes, no, they weren't. He goes, there was black dust on my plate. All of a sudden, he's a CSI investigator <laughs> telling me there's black dust on the plate oh, because funny. of my hot dogs. Yeah, they burn fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then I ran out of the regular hot dogs, so now I have to convince them. You, yeah, want, all you want a cheddar dog. Oh, I would have just told them yeah. they were all regular. <laughs> I couldn't because they had cheese in them. Oh. So I had to go, I forced it. I go, you like, you. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Not today. Oh, my God. Wow. That's a real thing. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, being lactose intolerant. Oh, you don't God. want to mess with that. How did that happen? It's like How did all this stuff happen? Allergies? <laughs> How did they happen? They do I want to do some investigation on this. We will. By the way, is our guest here? Yes. Half oh. of them are. Half of them are? Yeah. The top. Is it Luke? The bottom it's uh, Tom. But Luke's not here? No. He's, I think he's probably almost here. Okay. They, they, they were talking on the phone. They, uh, they directed uh, a movie that I saw. I invited you guys, but uh, weren't able to go. I asked you five minutes before the screening. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yes, Luke Pauling is coming in here, and Tom is here also. Yep. Tom, uh, they are here. They directed a movie about George Plimpton. Anyone know who he is? If you don't, you're about to find out. Woo! Educational. It's an educational movie. It's also very entertaining. So was George Plimpton himself, a true renaissance man. We'll hear all about him. They've done a lot of film work, and they're going to come up and uh, talk to us right after the break. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording, you Oh! To leave your house to shop? To crawl through traffic to the mall? Just to find the thing you wanted? Isn't even there at all? Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home and style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's free. Books on tape. Games galore. Everything you're looking for. Kindle. Cameras. Electronics. Baby Einstein. Hooked on phonics. Blu-ray. Movies. And TV. Downloads. Music. MP3. Pixar. Disney. Microphone. Pet supplies and doggy bones. World of Warcraft. Nancy Drew. Sims. The Scruff System too. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping is even free. 
Hey, Toad Hop listeners, this is Josh. And this is Ross. From the Josh and Ross Radio show. Radio program. It's on live every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 Pacific time. And I, what would you say this show's about, Ross? Well, I think it's, you know, two male perspectives. Very strong male strong perspectives. Strong male yep. perspectives. I come from one point of view, and you come from the, the complete opposite, opposite. end. Yeah. And somehow we meet in the middle. We also give advice to the callers in a segment we call He Said. He Said. If you didn't listen to it on Tuesday, if you missed it, go back and Watch the show on ToadHepNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. And while you're there, subscribe, leave a comment, and rate the show. That is just our way of saying, get into the show, bitches. Hey, but look at Now, just behave a little bit. That's about as behaved as I get. Look, no need to call anyone a bitch. Yeah. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered.
listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. It's worth watching now. It is. A couple handsome fellas just walked into the studio. Hey. 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 <laughs> you know if Sarah gave you a hey, hey. I'm not going to be able to make eye contact now. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, t- uh, Luke Poling and Tom Bean uh, are in our studio right now. And uh, real, real happy to have you because I've seen the documentary. I tried to invite my cohorts yesterday, but I last them about three minutes before. On Monday. What's that? It was Monday. Monday, right? yeah, yeah, about three minutes before your screening. How did it go? How'd your screening go? Very well. Yeah, it was, we had a good turnout. Did you? Yeah. Where was it? I was at the Lemley Royal. That's a great. That's a great theater. It's a, uh, a lot of great indie films are screened there. And did you have like a red carpet and all uh, all the uh, a little Hollywood bit, a little deal? Bit of that, yeah. Did you? Yeah, did, yeah. I mean, not not too much. Any we, celebrities we, show up? Uh, Tim Allen was there. Tim Allen. Yeah, we got Tim Allen. Uh, Stephen Gagan, the guy who wrote Traffic, and wow. yeah, Spiller. sure. He's a he used to work for George Plimpton, so he was he was. How Tim Allen end up there? Uh, must be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he must have thought he was in a different film. <laughs> he thought it was a different film. <laughs> he thought it was about King George. It was about George Plimpton, and a lot of people. As a matter of fact, have you found that uh, the younger generation does not know who George Plimpton is? I had to explain it to every my entire crew didn't know who he was. Yeah, well, Luke had to explain it to me actually. I, George, no way. Is that well, serious? I mean, he's one of these secretly ubiquitous guys that you see in films, as oh, yeah. L, you know, L.A. Story, Goodwill Hunting, things like that. But he did. He had his the heyday of his journalism was about twenty years before I was born. So you know, I kind of knew who he was, but not the real scope of who he was. And so, oh, you been, knew him as, as kind of a character actor, yeah, yeah Goodwill yeah, Hunting, exactly. and a nice part yeah. in that. But um, yeah, I knew that he was a magazine editor, but I didn't know really what the scope of that work was. The way I knew him as a, as a kid was I always knew him as being like a renaissance man and he would try these uh, Walter Mitty-ish. You probably don't know who Walter Mitty is. Right, Stop Sarah? Just, can you just keep it to them? <laughs> can I just keep check on I, I have to check in. You're, you're the pulse of society. I, that's why you're here. Well, if you have to reflect back to me. He's trying to make me look stupid. That I is not Sam true. Jackson was in the Matrix. So that was in our entrance. <laughs> Sometimes these things don't stick I, for me. I, didn't, I never said <laughs> that. outing myself. So you're getting an idea who George Plimpton is now? Do you so have any, any clue? I'm not getting a great idea. Okay. But, like, I want to know what the film is about because okay. I know that he's a character actor and then I want to know what No, so. more than a character actor, okay? So a journalist. Why, why don't you? Now, now Luke, yes. I have to have uh, full disclosure. Luke is my cousin, okay? Oh. In-law. Through, you didn't have right? to put that in there. Well, I just you're my you freaking know. cousin, right? Look, I don't yeah. have many cousins. I right, need but all if I someone's get. looking and, and they're if like, we're really going to look alike. What's that? We have different haircuts. Like, I don't want someone to be like, you guys don't look like anything alike. And you then could they, be a they, cousin and, and be completely unalike. But what if somebody's adopted? Were, exactly. You could be Asian for God's sakes. My wife is Asian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter what you look like. No, nobody's actually saying, wait a minute, they don't look alike. They can't be real cousins. And then you had to throw an in-law. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Are you ashamed of me as your cousin? Is no. There's far more. Uh, there are other relatives I'm more ashamed of. Um, <laughs> That's true. We've been through the world. Like when we hang out, we go through the relatives the that, we, yeah, so. <laughs> that we find detestable, but we stand them anyway. But uh, Luke, Luke, uh, I, I've, I saw I stayed at your house. Yes. And got to see late at night. By the way, did you ever try to work somebody's VCR or whatever the hell they have going on? They, you know what I mean? Try to work their programming. Yeah, it's imminently embarrassing. It's I mean, so embarrassing. Yeah. I had to wake wake them up at like four in the morning. That's how I roll. <laughs> I'm going, how does this damn thing work? You I couldn't have just waited until the morning. No, I have no so patience. I, have no pa- I had to see this movie because I'm really into George Plimpton. I was always fascinated by him. He wrote this book called Paper Lion. 
Yes. And uh, so his his thing was uh, he, had, he had two jobs. He was the uh, founding editor of the Paris Review, which was this big literary magazine that's still going at 60 years old, which is impressive in itself because literary magazines mm-hmm. last about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and they first published uh, Jack Kerouac, uh, Philip Roth, T.C. Boyle, um, David Foster Wallace. Yeah, Jeff, Jeffrey Eugenides, The Virgin yeah. Suicides, Bright Lights, Big City was first published in there, uh, The Basketball Diaries. Um, Miranda July was first published in there, John Hodgman, hmm. uh, V.S. Naipaul, who's a Nobel laureate, um, uh, Nadine Gordimer, who's a Nobel laureate, um, tons of people. So he had this great eye uh, for young talent, and he'd hmm. publish them. And he'd do more than that. He'd publish them. He'd connect them with um, with book editors. He'd throw parties. Uh, he would make them you know, important, and, and then their careers would just take off. Like uh, Goodbye Columbus, which was Philip Roth's first novella, was all published in its entirety in uh, the Paris Review in, I think, 1958, and it won the National Book Award, and mm. then it was made into this big film with Ali Larder. And, not Ali Larder, what's it called? Um, you ever hear those? McGraw. Uh, Ali McGraw. Sorry. You always hear about those New York-y parties, you know, with the intellectual elite. They're mm-hmm. describing George's parties. That, yeah. Exactly there's, right. There's a picture in <laughs> the movie. There. There's a picture in the movie, um, that has uh, Truman Capote kind of in the center mm-hmm. and Mario Puzo, who wrote The Godfathers mm-hmm. in one yeah. corner. Um, Gore Vidal. Gore Vidal, Terry Southern, uh, Ralph Ellison, Peter Matheson. They're it, all, uh, all in one Andy picture. Warhol. I mean, he, he went a, to a couple yeah. parties. Yeah, he, of course. He supposedly painted on the wall in the living room. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that, that's what they would do. They would host these parties with all of the top and, and – you know, they would help one another, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a promotion. Yeah. If you get invited to one of these parties, it must mean you're something, and now I'm going to go read your book. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's all an illusion. But it, but they're not. These are some of the greatest writers and artists of, of our time, and George Plimpton was right in the center of that, and he was basically discovering a number of them yeah, he was. and helping promote them yeah. and, and, get, and get the word out. And then the other big spoke on his wheel, though, as, a, as an artist, was that he, he was part of what they call now new journalism. But it was this um, cycle of journalism that really came to the forefront in the 60s and then the 70s. People like Tom Wolfe, Hunter Thompson, um, Joan Didion. These were people that would throw themselves into the story that they were covering as a journalist and become the story and become the subject of the story. But it was all about trying to cover it in a different way, in a literary way, in a, in a more engaging way than a who, what, when, where, why. And how. what kind of journalism is this well, it's he, called? So it's, I mean, Tom Wolfe called it new journalism. That encapsulated all of those yeah. people. But George's term for what he did was called participatory That's journalism. right. Yeah. So George would, he, he, as, as Craig said, he joined the uh, Detroit Lions. He played quarterback for them in a, in a game and um, yeah. failed miserably. He would always set himself up to fail. But the idea was to, um, you know, infiltrate these closed circles of performance and performative genius and, and meet the people there mm. and learn how they did it. And then he would create a story arc in which he would try it and then fail. And so he did. He pitched in a baseball all-star game. He um, boxed Archie Moore, who was the light heavyweight champion. Goalie for the Bruins. Goalie for the Bruins. Trapeze artist. Celtics. He played the gong in the triangle for the New York Philharmonic. He did (laughs) stand-up at Caesars Palace. Yeah, the stand-up was fascinating for me to watch. Yeah, I didn't think in uh, in that regard, you know, I would be one of the experts, I guess. And I thought he did pretty well. We had Steve Allen's writers, and they... Most wow. likely probably spiked it a little bit <laughs> and didn't give him a material. Mm-hmm. But that's the one that supposedly was the most upsetting to him because he thought, like, you know, one of the ways he kept this magazine going for so long was to go out and do kind of public speaking and, and lectures and such. And so he thought going up on a stage and telling jokes. That would like, be easy. I can engage with him. Of all the I things, can... that would be the easiest. Exactly. And I would think goalie would be. 
On that whole list, I would think goalie would be because basically a goalie is taking up yeah, three-fourths of the goal as is but with all the to, pads and everything. Yeah, but you need to be able to stand on uh, skates. Well, mm. Okay, <laughs> I've got that. Well, I still say that's the toughest, the easiest one. <laughs> George didn't, wasn't. You he know. couldn't stand on skates? No, it was difficult. And what kind of an athlete was he? Because he did a lot of athletic. Uh, I mean, playing I mean, for the he, Celtics. He, the, the fact that I mean, the fact that he could even participate enough to fail uh, meant that he was a pretty good athlete. But the thing is, he was doing these as a as a. I mean, he was fifty years old when he played goalie for the Bruins. So, right. You know, it wasn't like he was come out of came out of school and. I mean, he did the Yankees when he was probably in his late twenties, maybe early thirties. Oh, really? That's yeah, what he, was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, those are those were. And in he the, did, he did pitch, didn't he? To strike someone out? Yeah. Well, he got Willie Mays to pop out. Wow. Which and Willie Mays, by the way, is a Hall of Fame athlete. Mm -hmm. One of the best baseball players yeah, ever. Right. And George Plimpton pitched to him, and he got him to pop out. Wow. Which What's is pop pretty out mean? Pop out. <laughs> I it love that we he, have, It means he didn't do well. Yeah. He got out. It's like a remedial podcast. Yeah. We have to go through. You can't make any assumptions. There are no assumptions that can be made, starting with the subject of your documentary, yeah. all the way down to what's a pop-up. Well, well, this is why you Mays I was surprised about to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Do you I mean, know, some yeah. like know Willie Mays is? No, I, but I, try, I fake it. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't have to fake it. This is perfect because uh, – but I, I do recommend this documentary on, on many levels. I love it. Well, tell us how, how you two came together. Yeah. And uh, how you went about uh, putting this – Four year, five, yeah. five, five years. Wow, five from the when we started to, to now. From the moment you met, we'd met before. Okay, uh, Tom had, <clears throat> had written together uh, and done a couple scripts, mm -hmm. and uh, had kind of talked about doing a documentary. Tom had worked on one that had, uh, hadn't come to the kind of finishing line like this one has, and um, we were kicking around ideas for what would be a good documentary. And as, as a, a Plimpton fan and a Bruins fan, um, I read open net and years and years ago. And when we were kicking around ideas, I said, well, what about Plimpton? As I saw my copy of open net on the bookshelf and we both kind of paused and we're like, yeah, how, hasn't somebody done this already? Hmm. Um, and we said, well, he wasn't afraid of cameras. So there's gotta be some footage. Oh yeah. Um, okay. No not knowing what we would be getting into. Um, I mean, some would say, some of his detractors would say that not only was he not afraid of cameras, but that he sought, he was self-seeking for attention, right? Hang on, hang on one second. Yeah. This sounds really weird, but can you put money in my meter, Stefan? <laughs> 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 not that I'm not with you completely, guys. My, how about, uh, there's a credit card. Oh, there. my God. What is wrong? What? I'm, I'm freaking out. I don't want to get a ticket. Break. I don't want to get a ticket. Luke knows how cheap I am. I stayed at his house instead of a hotel and for God's sake. that's why he said big, the in-lock on right. big, <laughs> Oh, I was one of the in-laws he's trying way, to avoid. Do you guys validate? Who do I give my card to to get that punished? No, we don't. This is oh. eight bucks, my friend. Oh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm all the movies that, that you're going to sell after being on this show with <laughs> 90,000 people listening to you. There we go. I just didn't want to, I did not want to pay this ticket. I hope, he, I hope he's going to do that right now. But anyway, I, I'm so sorry for interrupting. Yes. I know exactly where we were, though. Perfect. Okay. I, I, I earmarked it. Okay. You two have now, you wrote together. Yes. And you've already met. And George Plimpton, you thought, would be a great topic for a documentary. You get together and you say, we've, uh, neither one of you had ever done a documentary. Is that correct? No, yeah, I had. Um, it, 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 directed? It, uh, no, I'd produce one. It, That's it, what it, I mean. It, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah so, I meant yeah, direct. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Sarah, don't, don't be there. <laughs> Did you hear a little That's laughter? That's not technically like, what they were talking about, but when we, they were talking about all the footage. 
Uh, they were talking about that as well. Okay. okay. Right. Thanks for being the stenographer. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we have. I thought she was a co-host, not a stenographer. She's like pulling the paper out, going, "Ah, uh, we left off the part." Of <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for clarifying. Will the court read back the transcript? <laughs> <laughs> I will rebut the transcript for God's sake. She, uh, okay, we're gonna so strike that from the record. We'll strike it. <laughs> Strike it. So here's where we were, according to me. Can I approach the bench? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're just having a little private confab. <laughs> what do they call that when you have to go back? Uh, not voir dire. Uh, what do they call it when you go back and uh, just a private session with remember. the judge? I can't chambers. Remember. Yeah, let's go to my chambers. <laughs> so we're in the chambers now. And you two, um, so you hadn't directed, and you hadn't directed Luke as well? I had done a couple of short films. Short films. Um, and so when we hit on this idea for Plimpton, first thing we did was was get in touch with uh, Sarah Plimpton, George's widow, mm -hmm. and wrote her a letter and said, we, we want to make this movie. And I don't think we laid out our, our qualifications or lack thereof. <laughs> um, did, you did, had, she ever been, had she ever been approached before? I'm sure she was. Yes. Yeah, some yeah. studios, I think, had been. Has she let you little neophytes come in? <laughs> I, I, think, I, I don't think she thought we'd actually get it going. <laughs> let me tell you something. Even getting on my podcast, these are the shortest bios I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> If you weren't my cousin, you wouldn't even get on here, let alone do a documentary. I'm just kidding. No, no. That was a I mean, joke, Luke. Enough, you should know enough. me by now. Well, I think, but you know, George... He worked on The Departed and Fog of War, which I love. George built himself as the as the consummate amateur, and I think that um, Sarah and the Perfect. whole family thought that we were, you know, our enthusiasm, our optimism, yeah. our, you know, our desire to just kind of do it bare bones, like get the footage, you know, digitize the footage. Um, we were, we were I, I was living, actually, with Luke. And Mandy, before uh, before they were even uh, engaged, um, mm -hmm. they I, I was living in L.A. and and we decided to start it. And I said, all right, let's you know I'll go to Boston. And I just crashed. I can't help but think I kind of took the wind out of your guys' sails when you're moving in together. Yeah. I'm sitting there on the couch. Like, <laughs> Here's Tom, just hanging out. Oh, Here's Tom. Why do I just watch TV? Becomes yeah. another. Becomes what about <laughs> Bob? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about Tom? There's hi Tom. Yeah, and so, it's, you, you were in the apartment. It's not yeah. a huge apartment. Here's the bathroom. Here, here's here's our guest room. <laughs> it was the guy Tom. on the couch. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they also had like this low uh, ceiling thing yeah. where everybody like whacked. How many times did you whack your? Head? I mean, many times. Just one weekend. Yeah. I had six. <laughs> Six lumps on my head. Yeah. So, uh, but of course, you have you wanted to really immerse yourself in your work, yeah. and and uh, so you, so now you, did you give her an outline of a script? Because I'm sure one of the concerns of his widow would be that you would have to properly approach this, and yeah. you know have respect for the man and so forth. Not an expose necessarily. I'm sure she was very sensitive to that. Yeah. Well, I, th I think the way you the way you do a, a, f a nonfiction film is that you kind of. Um, you, it develops. You discover the story as you mm -hmm. as you oh. make it, and so it's not. You know, if you're approaching a nonfiction film, knowing how it's going to turn out, I think that you're not really making a nonfiction film. You're making an essay. Hmm. Um, you're you're looking for uh, I don't know an, an, like pieces of an argument that will kind of you can retrofit to your previous perspective. But I think the way most documentarians and nonfiction filmmakers approach a subject is to learn about it. And so you know, we wanted to go and meet. All the people that he knew, his family, immerse ourselves in his life, and, and have it slowly develop. That's you know? fun too. It's a whole oh, yeah. lot the, of fun. The, yeah. You must have been just having a blast finding out. I mean, I found out just from watching the documentary, which which not all of the footage or stories obviously even sure end up. Not, probably yeah. one one hundredth ends up in there. You you two have knowledge about George Plimpton. There well, could we be always, five more five more films. We always I don't do. want to get you started on Tom living on your couch again. Right. But no. but, but still. 
there's a lot that wasn't included. If in you that. just put the lid back on the orange juice, we'd be good. <laughs> um, but we always joke that we could make like a 15-hour movie. You can make a 15-hour movie, of easily. course. There was one thing in there that um, I didn't realize. Well, it's not in there. I actually found out from you personally that Martha Plimpton is no relation to. Yeah, sorry. So no, Martha she's a, Plimpton's she's a carotene. That's She's like Keith or Neil. Yeah, Fred that's what's really interesting. Do you know who Martha Plimpton is? Nope. Now this is more your generation, for God's sake. The Goonies, anyone? Oh yeah, Goonies. Who in the Goonies. Is she in? Uh, huh? Martha Plimpton was in Goonies. She was in Parenthood. Yes, Joel. Yeah, she's now on the show. I really thought she was related. No. Mm-hmm. No. No. She's and she's on is she a. On Raising she's Hope? on Raising yes. Hope. Yes. Got it. Her then mom. Yes, her mom was the actor Shelley Plimpton. I think she's yeah. a like eighth cousin or something of George. And he's some very yeah. distant. And he's originally from Massachusetts, Boston area, which is why you ended up in yeah. Boston as well. Yeah. So you could just go right down the street and get some of this footage and information exactly. and interviews and so forth. But that was one thing. I found that out from you, though. That's not in the film, it's though. It's not in the film. Because everyone always thought that that was, I thought, nepotism. Yeah. I had no idea it really was nepotism, but it was a carotene that she was. Right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Different uh, And what did you find to be the most fascinating piece of information that didn't end up in the film? That you were just blown away by. I don't know there's a couple of things. I yeah. mean, uh, there's uh, George was good friends with the Kennedys. Uh, he was in the same class at Harvard as RFK. Wow! And was standing next to him when he was hold on shot. one second. I know who Robert okay. Kennedy. Okay, just just wanted to make sure. Sorry, Luke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw her. She looked like she are just for a second. R- yeah. Ralph. <laughs> That's why I didn't abbreviate to RFK. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> That part was a joke, Sarah. Okay, that part was a joke. All right, she won't even look at me now. She's staring right at you guys. Before I couldn't look. Okay, so so he was roommates or not? She went. He went to Harvard with RFK. Right, and he possibly dated Jackie, uh, is what his brother said uh, when they were teenagers. Hmm. And uh, again, to kind of put him into context on how big he was at the time, um, he was campaigning for Kennedy, um, Mm -hmm. which I don't think a writer today could could go out and hit the campaign trail and anybody right. would really care or show up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'd have to be J.K. Rowling or something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he would stump for Bobby. I mean, he was he was that famous. Well, he was there when he was assassinated. And he was so, yeah. right next to him and, and yeah. fought Sir Hand, Sir Hand for the gun. Um, and yeah. that was one thing. Did you, wow, that, I, was, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sir Hand, Sir Hand is the guy who, who, who shot uh, Kennedy at, you know, right in, in cold blood. And um, he was surrounded in a, you know, they had to wrestle the guy. I had no idea it was actually Plimpton himself. That's amazing. Yeah, it was Plimpton and a couple other guys. And Rosie had, Greer, was that the uh, other guy that was there? It was yeah. a football player. Yeah, Rayford yeah, Johnson. Yeah, Rayford Johnson, yeah. who was the, 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 the was, Catholic. There yeah. was some other, I forget, I'm blanking his name, but it was like a firefighter. Someone who was, regardless. Yeah, yeah. so George was one of the guys. And, he, mm-hmm. he, you know, we have these photos of him diving on the gunman. And uh, one of the coolest pieces of archival material that we found was actually from Los Angeles. Were, were you about to tell the story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry go about ahead. that. Oh, sorry. Anyway, so I, we, I know we, it. Yeah, yeah. So we, <laughs> we had found this. Um, uh, there was a, a couple biographies, of, a couple of uh, Robert Kennedy and about the assassination. There was this photograph of George uh, wrestling the, with the gunman, and uh, it said, you know, the L.A. County um, Archives or something like that. And um, so Luke had called them up and said, "Hey, um, we'd love this photo, um, and kind of what else do you have?" And they say. Well, we've got this um, police deposition recording from that night of Plimpton. It's on a reel-to-reel, wow. but if you pay us, you know, a nominal fee, we'll, we'll really? send it to you. So, like five bucks, yeah. yeah it, was, <laughs> it was five yeah, bucks. Yeah, so they emailed us an MP3. We need some donuts for the, for the guys here. Exactly. Yeah, pretty yeah. crazy. So we ended up with um, George's police deposition. So it's, it's George in conversation with the LAPD. Wow. It's the middle of the night. He, you know, sounds pretty upset, obviously. 
and uh, he walks them through the assassination of his really close friend. Um, and so we have this, and it's great that we have it because George, this is, you know, George as a memoirist, he'd throw himself into situations, he'd do things, and then he'd speech about it, he'd write about it, he'd mm-hmm. talk about it. And this was a really, obviously, for obvious reasons, a traumatic moment for him and something that he never really talked about. And so to have that... Never really talked about. Well, he never, refused yeah, to talk about Really? Yeah. He did no. refuse to talk about it. So there's the nothing thing, in the yeah. film with him talking about this penultimate... Mo- I mean, this was a, this was like a, a moment in his life that you would think he would talk about the most. Yeah. Right. And he I, would not approach it. Why yeah. not? At all. I, I it was, think it's just too hard to... Yeah. yeah. To talk, get through. I, I always mean, wonder that about people when they won't, when they refuse to blast through something or, or really process it. I don't, that always, it, and especially a journalist, you would think of all the people that this guy would probably be working on self. Yeah. Did he, well, by the way, know, did maybe, he go to a maybe, therapist? Maybe George did he, would have. Did, he, did, he, did, he, did you find him to be self evolved? I mean, was he that kind of guy or was he talking about other people? Well, George was an extreme extrovert, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, he was an absolutely brilliant guy. And so mm-hmm. you've got to think that he, you know, was, you know, he was th- he was a thoughtful person. He had to, he had to have looked in. I've, anything I would say really about that would be totally speculative. But mm-hmm. um, I think in terms of Robert Kennedy, there's two things that I would say. One, perhaps he would just think it's impolite or weird for him to oh, be yeah. trying to capitalize, perhaps, on his mm-hmm. friend's suit. And I could see you saying that, by the way, because yeah. he was in that. So- he had those those social graces yeah, that a lot of this society now person. doesn't have because mm-hmm. we're outing yeah. people all the time. Right. And that he's the exact opposite. So yeah, I can understand and the, and how, having that integrity, that, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the other thing is that you know all of the other things he wrote about, he had deliver- very deliberately put himself in a position to do that as a journalist. He was on assignment. This is some crisis that happened in his actual personal life and so I can see why he wouldn't equate those two as potential mm. subjects for mm-hmm. journalism um, but it was great to get this audio so we have yeah. wow. George narrate the assassination in the film which is pretty you, I, do, I, you included that wow yeah yeah it's awesome. pretty yeah you pretty should see the film I mean yeah, it's, it's, where can we see it yeah well Good we're question. doing we're doing a, a screening tonight in Encino uh, one of the Lemley theaters up there it's called Lemley Encino something did we, I get an invite to that one should, because I blew off we'll, the other one we'll, I don't get an invite to, by we'll, the way <laughs> By the way, when Once I was burned. saying in the beginning, I, I'm an old curmudgeon when it comes to things like this. It's like, these damn emailers, just call me. So finally, I got a text from Luke. Hey, you're coming? I was, oh, damn it, I forgot because I wasn't called. <laughs> so I, so you're having one tonight, and can tonight. people go? Yeah, absolutely. Just if you, go, if you go on the website, you can RCP. But we're actually opening in theaters on Friday here in Los Angeles, and we're going to be at the Lemley Royal. We're going to be at the Lemley and Encino and the Town Hall thing wow. in um, Town Center. Sorry, Pasadena. Congratulations. Awesome. I, re- I feel yeah. so great for you. I What's mean, this the has website? Been so, such a project. Uh, LimptonMovie.com okay. is our site, and then if you just Google Lemley Theaters, um, but we're also right now we're playing in New York at Lincoln Center. Oh wow! Friday wow. we go downtown to the Cinema Village. Yeah, yeah and then we're at uh, Asbury Park, and next week uh, we are opening in Palm Springs, and then That's the week awesome. after that, That's great. Boston. Boston. I feel so. I, and you and you got a distributor, obviously. Yes. Yeah. That's phenomenal. I feel so good for you, and and uh, but uh, have you made money? Because <laughs> uh, you owe you owe Luke some uh, orange yeah, juice oh, yeah, <laughs> for all the spoilers from not putting the cap back on. <laughs> There's I mean, not a lot of money. There's in not a lot of money in it, but I am yeah. really curious if you if some money has come back. Um, I mean, because you invested. Uh, 
some of your own, obviously, because of sweat equity at the very least, yeah. and then equity at the at the most. But the, uh, you had investors. We yeah we yeah. yeah and they get paid first. They get paid first. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, right. it's, you know, it's hard to monetize a documentary, an indie film at all, but a documentary particularly. Um, the way you do monetize it isn't theatrically. You kind of hope to put it on TV later, Netflix, you know, direct on demand, right. all that stuff. We'll do foreign TV sales. But the way I mean, the way that we monetize it is that we do a creative project like this. And then that enables us to get hired to, say, direct ads or mm-hmm. media, which we do a lot of. And them. we're happy so. to do more of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this is an ad right now. <laughs> we have to take a break. But what I'm going to do, because I am the host of the show and you are my cousin-in-law, uh, <laughs> uh, what we'll do is uh, if you could hang out, could you hang out for maybe half of the next segment, sure. maybe 15 Absolutely. minutes? Yeah. yeah. We'll take a break because I want to find out more and uh, more about the movie and send some people this weekend. And we'll find out okay. more. We have uh, Luke Poling as our guest, along with Tom Bean. They co-directed the documentary, Plimpton, all about George Plimpton. Sarah, I can tell, is fascinating. You'll yeah, probably go tonight, I might tonight, even right? go tonight if I RSVP. Yeah, me too. Website. I might join you. I, my son's championship game, though, yeah. tonight. We know someone. My son has a championship game. I can't miss that. Yeah, it's what time game. is your screening? He's on the Lakers or something? <laughs> <laughs> you really have been too long in, in Luke's apartment. Yeah. Lakers are way out of it, Tom. Know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Fresh blood. Well, uh, we're coming back with more with Tom Bean and Luke Poling right after this. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network. Radio worth watching. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered. Hey, Toad Hop listeners, this is Freddie Lockhart and... Candace Thompson. With... What's good? Starring... Freddie Lockhart. And... Candace Thompson. And we are a show that knows a little bit about a lot. We talk about hip-hop, we talk about other people who can't help themselves, and we talk about all sorts of things. Music, TV, gossip, you name it, we do it. Be sure to check out our show live every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the ToadHopNetwork.com. And if you miss it, go back and watch it on ToadHopNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. Don't be a jerk. Do it. While you're there, leave a comment and rate the show. It's very important, Candace. They have to leave a comment and rate the show. You know why? Why? Otherwise, we'll be on the bottom. And we'd like to be on the top, don't we? I know I do. Yeah, girl. What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording you? Oh! To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall, just to find the thing you wanted, isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home and style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's free. Books on tape, games galore, everything you're looking for. Kindle, cameras, electronics, baby Einstein, hooked on phonics, Blu-ray, movies, and TV, download, music, MP3, Pixar, Disney, microphones, pet supplies, and doggy bones, World of Warcraft, Nancy Drew, Sims, The Scruffs, Ishtim too. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping's even free.
Live from the Toad Hop Network Studios. In Hollywood, this, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. It is strongly addictive. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. Don't have me ask all the questions. You can. It's a live show. I know most of you download, but if you're free right now, I know many of you are at work. I hear that a lot. I'm at work. I'm laughing. I'm trying to contain myself because my boss is going to fire me if I stay, keep laughing. I get it, all right? But once in a while, some of you can actually call us. The number is 323-622-8623. That spells toad. We're at the Toad Hop Network. Craig Shoemaker Show with Sarah Sweet, Joel Geist. Stefan is our new producer. Ileana has gone on to. She's the band leader of a new Telemundo show. <laughs> if I could pronounce it, I'd say it. I could pronounce Plimpton, though. <laughs> Plimpton is the, is the documentary. Our guests are the directors, Luke Poling and Tom Bean. Your co-directors? Yes. That's who you call yourselves? Yes. <laughs> and producers? That's how we introduce ourselves. Is that what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's on the business card? That's what they say. We're friends and co-directors. Yeah, friends and co-directors. And how about uh, producing? You yeah, also produced, produced it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we rewrote it. Um, we shot it. How about editing? Uh, no, we worked with two really phenomenal editors. Right, yeah. and that's where the rubber hits the road, doesn't it? <laughs> that's, I where mean, it got, very much that's where it got so. tricky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we yeah. did it two and a half years. I mean, a, a film like um, Plimpton, it's a biographical film. So, you know, finding the story, that, that happens mm -hmm. in the edit. You know, you don't write a script. You know, you, you find that story in the, in the edit. So yeah. it's this long, super exploratory process. And as we know, you know, conflict is the seed of all drama. And George is this guy who's, like, pretty averse to conflict. Right. So, you know, it took a long time to find what our story was. Well, that was part of the, what I got from it was he was a guy that wanted to be known as a really nice guy, and he's a party guy. He loves to host the parties and help others and things like that. I actually related to him, to tell you the truth. I, I avoid and don't like conflict but find myself in it. He found himself in an assassination. So. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen with, with your life, what turns it, it will take. What did you find? Uh, what was your biggest discovery about Plimpton that you didn't uh, – you didn't go into the filmmaking thinking, oh, he's that guy. What was your – I mean, you, you already knew he's gregarious and a socialite and so forth. What did you find in the movie that you didn't necessarily know? I don't know. I mean, it's – for me, it was more the – I mean, he's – there's so much stuff that we uncovered, and it was kind of the, the little bits and pieces. So, like, we knew he was friends with Hemingway, but we didn't know sort of mm. how close they were. Mm -hmm. And – um one of our big finds in the film was we, uh, the Paris Review archives are at the Morgan Library in New York, and uh, we were going through their boxes of stuff, and it was, was kind of hap haphazardly organized. And uh, we were opening, going through the folders, and we opened this one, and there's this small kind of blue handwritten note that Tom finds, and he looks up at me and just has this look of like, oh, my God, what is this? It's his handwritten note from Hemingway to, wow. to George. Oh. And he's talking about how he doesn't... The, the other thing the Paris Review um, still does is this uh, series of interviews called The Art of Fiction, where writers come in and talk about their writing, but it's done in a way where you're talking about the process, um, when you write, how you write, if you write on a typewriter, if you write by hand. Mm -hmm. um, and it's meant to uh, inspire, encourage uh, other writers. And George has been doing this for 50 years, uh, or did it for 50 years, and the Paris Review still does it. And one of his big gets early on was Hemingway. And mm -hmm. it's really the only interview Hemingway ever gave where he talks about his his process. Wow. And in this letter, um, to clean it up for radio. No, you don't, you have, don't to, have to. At all. Well, it's, it's a podcast. 
Yeah, so and I'll, I'll cut you off. Right. So the series is called The Art of Fiction. So, okay. George, so George says, Mr. Hemingway, would you mind if I interviewed you for The Art of Fiction? And uh, Hemingway says, um, I might say fuck The Art of Fiction, but what I would mean is don't fuck it, fuck talking about it. He, he really thought that writing was this act of magic, and by talking about it, you would kind of demystify it, and he wouldn't be able to do it. And mm-hmm. he, was very, he was a very superstitious hmm. um, guy. Did you he, include this in the film? Yeah, we yeah. literally... With the, the F word? The word yeah. fuck comes up. Good, good for yeah, you. We, <laughs> okay. we always say that the film should be rating H for Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get a rating on... in No, we haven't. Yeah, 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 we're PG-13. Oh, are we? Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Excellent. I love that yeah. uh, <laughs> he just informs him on our show, The Big Discovery. Yeah. You know what, I... Think about that when you guys are going through these boxes and things, the discoveries that you would find. I always think about, don't you think about your legacy, like what they're going to find? And it's just so uninteresting. (laughs) It's just so like if they ever looked at my old boxes. Oh my God, Pillsbury wrote back to Craig when he was eight years old when he was trying to name new Kool Aids. That was I really did do that. But I I mean, is anybody going to go? Wow, this guy was Hemingway and. And Capote, and he's hanging out with Mario Puzo. I mean, all of these, the, the great literary minds of our time, not our time, but of time, mm. he's hanging out with them, and they respect him, and they, they're his friend and his colleague. And that's the other thing that I thought was so interesting about making the movie is that um, we either got to meet these people, which was surreal and bizarre, and we right. just like, why are we allowed in the room with them? <laughs> or you're hearing other people talk about them, and... Um, you know, when we interviewed George's two oldest kids, we were like, so what's it like growing up with Muhammad Ali and the Grateful Dead in your living room? <laughs> and and George's daughter was kind of listing all the people who came by. And then she was like, yeah, Hunter Thompson came by. He's kind of scary. I'm like, yeah, for an eight-year-old, Hunter Thompson totally. would be kind of scary. Yeah. But what was Muhammad Ali like? Was she afraid of him too? No, they both, like, both uh, his of his oldest kids were like, I wish I kind of knew, knew yeah. and could go back and... Because really, like the dead came by. Um, it's just daddy's friends, right? It's and smell. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the smelly daddy friends. And his teenage son was at a friend's house, and he called him, and he said, "You might, you might want to come back here." And he walks yeah. in, and then Bob Weir's hanging out in your living room. Um, so it's it's always for me. It was interesting to see this interaction between people and how they, you know, to everybody, it's like, oh, it's Kurt Vonnegut, and it's it's William Styron, mm-hmm. and to everyone else, it's Kurt and Bill. Right, mm-hmm. you know, and it's did it did it mean just about nothing to the children, and now in, it's all in retrospect. No, I mean because these were amazing people, right? Anyway, so but so were they it, were they in, super endearing, interesting? But were they interesting and endearing in real life? I, I mean, a lot I, of people I, aren't. A lot of artists are the exact opposite. In real, well, certainly writers you know. can talk, you know, and they would all be there, and they'd all be Sometimes. drinking, and they'd all be, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, not everyone is certainly. And no, a lot of introverts, and mm-hmm. they use the they use the. You know their work is as an expression of of their inner self, sure. but they can't do it, and that's what that's why I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I think George's circle was a pretty social circle. I think yeah. you know a guy like John Updike goes and moves up to. I mean, he seemed to be a very social guy too. But the people that would stay in New York and go to parties, th- those were those would be more social artists mm-hmm. than than you know the Franz Kafka you know bleed on your page sort of <laughs> sort of guy. Right, um, right, right. But so you know, I think the kids did appreciate, and they developed really deep relationships with. 
their parent circle and then the, the next generation, the next generation after that. So if we didn't meet a lot of these people, we would often meet their children or their mm-hmm. cousins or whoever, or their widows. Um, we interviewed um, Norman Mailer's, I guess sixth wife, but Norris Church Mailer, who had been his wife for, you know, 30 years. And she actually just passed away recently. But um, just an amazing, amazing woman. So we got to go wow. to Norman Mailer's apartment, you know. And now, why Norman heads. Mailer in well, particular? So Norman Mailer, I mean, we tried to get all of the people in George's circle. Mm-hmm. If they were living, you know, if they were passed away, we'd get their family members. We tried to. Um, I mean, the goal of the film was really to have George tell the whole story in his own words, cobbled together posthumously mm-hmm. with the um, archive material. But we realized that there were holes, and it was a cool opportunity to incorporate new material of you know famous people. We got Hugh Hefner and Gay Talese and some of these. For Jay McInerney, who wrote Bright Lights, Big City, and that's a, and a lot of people. But some people did refuse. Yeah, well, no, I mean, a lot of people. Who are some of the people that uh, wouldn't do the, we, the documentary? A lot of folks in George's circle were are. are are getting a lot older, um, which was part of it. We, we wanted Gore Vidal really badly, and he was in really poor health, mm. and he subsequently Just passed, passed away. away. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. three of the people we interviewed are now dead. You know? Really? Yeah, so, I mean, they, they were coming to the end. And then also, they're extremely busy people. So we really wanted Woody Allen, but Woody Allen makes, like, two movies a year. You know, he, he sent us a really sweet email from Cannes, actually. He was out there with Vicky Cristina Barcelona. And just to have gotten that sort of encouragement from Did Woody he, Allen. As, as Woody, Woody Allen would crazy. love this movie. Oh, I hope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's in it. Right? I mean, has he's, he seen yeah, it? Uh, not yet. No. I mean, Midnight in Paris is basically this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Seriously. It really is. You know. So, um, you know, and then Tom Wolfe, he he just he just finished his book, but he was writing like an eleven million dollar novel for Little Brown, and he's you know he's in his probably mid eighties, and so he was very all these people were very encouraging, even if they didn't want to do the interview, they were extremely encouraging, and that encouraged us, particularly as first time filmmakers. And George was married twice. Twice. Yes. And his first wife, uh, Freddie. Yeah. yeah, we got them both. They're yeah. both and and both in the film fully and with with full disclosure and, and so yeah, on. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, they're very <laughs> candid. I thought I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. Their their complaints about being. I mean, the the downside to being the guy who goes everywhere, knows everyone, has a different you know eats dinner with a different person every night is that he's not at home and he's not developing that same sort of relationship yeah. with his family. And so he I had a better it, relationship with his younger children than he had later in life I than guess, he did you know, with the other children when he was kind of on the rise and developing. The social network and so forth, but then when he became older, he realized the value of family. Is that also not in the film? I don't know. I mean, he he died when his so he had two two wives and two sets of kids essentially. Yeah. He had an elder son and daughter who are now in their late thirties, and uh, two twins who are now like eight, seventeen, eighteen. So they were seven when he passed away. So yeah. you know, the, I don't. I mean, he was around. He was always around. He wasn't the father that was really out. He would just bring everyone else in, and so that was his distance. I think is that. You know, mm. their relationship with their, their father was refracted through a cocktail party every night at their home. Yeah. So I get I get it on my little level with my kids. I mean, yeah. they, once in a while, my oldest one especially gives the comments, you know, dad, you know, how about just us alone? You know, because I like to hang with people. I mean, yeah. not that I I'm calling gay Talese. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on over here, Updike. I mean, I don't have that uh, that level. But well, it's all uh, the, the same th- to the kids, though, right? I mean, it is yeah. because they're saying, "Well, Dad's attention is not on me, and it's it's he's he's a social guy." I mean, I I relate to that. Plus, with me, it's going. Oh, is this going in your comedy act, Dad? Right. I took a picture of my son tweeting the other day. Goes, <laughs> I know, teen son tweets again while he's ice skating. <laughs> this is, he's about, he's already writing them for me now. So and he's writing the the uh, like tell all book after you die. Oh yeah, too, oh yeah. You, you know, <laughs> after I die, the, yeah, right. the cousin-in-law. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I hope he does it. <laughs> I hope he did. You're going to be included. Yeah. They'll be calling you for an interview. What was he like when he stayed with you in Boston on your? On your couch, <laughs> trying to work your television system. 
But uh, if you are ever called, I hope he does it while I'm alive. You know why? He's got to make money. Okay, I just want my kids to yeah. make money. I don't care if it's even on me. Just yeah. make money so I don't have to pay for everything. Yeah, but do you really want your cover, your face on the cover of a book called like Why Daddy? You know? <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> if it's tuition, I'm I'm all for it. I say do it now. If you own the copyright, yeah. <laughs> if I can have some way that that, that it can channel funnel back to me, I'll be very pleased. Well, listen, uh, I really want to uh, highly promote this movie that I have seen. A lot of their guests I haven't seen, I have to sort of pretend. <laughs> but this one I can really get behind. And Sarah and Joel and Stefan are going to go tonight to your screening, which is in Encino. It's probably going to be closed out by the time uh, you're finished with our show. Or, or do you need people? If you um, need people, let me know right now. And I mean, the social butterfly. It would be great for everyone to come out. But I, I do think it might be a subscription thing. With I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe it's, maybe it's too late to retract this. But on Friday, we open, literally open, in three theaters here in Los Angeles. Um, let's pack it like up. Like a real movie theater. So, okay. yeah, let's pack it up. It's called Plimpton. Yeah. And uh, we really hope that everyone goes to see this movie. And, uh, Sarah, next week you'll give us a review. I totally will. I'm excited. That'll, so will Joel. That will be awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. you guys come in and, and, and do a review of the of the show from last week. Luke Pauling, Tom Bean, uh, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. You're awesome. It was a great great seeing you. Luke, I told you you could you could have stayed in my living room. I don't I'll, know why you I'll didn't go take feed me your meter now. I'll go, well, yeah. well, would you do that on the way out? Yes, yes. Black Mr. cards right out in front. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> and we don't validate. Okay. All right. I hope you guys do really well, Suzanne. Yes. Suzanne, right? Nice to meet you. A pleasure. See you guys. By the way, it's still applauding, and you don't have your headphones on. They're still applauding. <laughs> That's it. Take a bow. Take a bow. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we said to them. Because we normally don't, do, so Joel's going to put his camera back on him. Okay, now that they're gone, we can talk about him. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> the problem with podcasts is they just go download it and hear everything. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear, see uh, your reaction. Yeah, I'm really Sarah. looking forward to it. I, 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 I was thinking of something during this. What's that? Um, I, I really have a, a penchant for history. I really a enjoy penchant. penchant. Is that not the right word, Joe? I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't you know want to that Google word. It? I believe that would be the proper word, and I can spell it if Sarah would like me to. Cause she... Pension, please. <laughs> Pension. Pension is your word, little Craig Shoemaker. Use it in a sentence. I, I gravitate towards history. I really yeah. enjoy history, but I think that even that is old school, to enjoy history. No. Because you don't think so? No, I really don't. Okay. I don't think it's old school well, like history. Great. This is what I'd like to talk to you about, okay? You representing Young and Joel representing Young and Stefan representing Young. I found myself watching Plimpton really enjoying hi the historical aspects of it. And even Midnight in Paris with uh, Woody Allen. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed yeah. that aspect Another of it. And you movie. did as well? Yeah, I love oh, yeah. that part of it. I think because really? it romanticizes a different time mm -hmm. than exactly. we live in. Mm -hmm. yeah, if you ever lived in the time, it's probably it shit. It probably sucked just as much as yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Abused well, yeah, women. Probably <laughs> way more, actually. It probably sucked <laughs> way more than it does I now. love that that was the whole like lesson of the movie. Of what? Midnight in Paris. Oh, right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Because you know that. That's what everybody does. Lotharios oh, if we were in this time. Yeah, you look up pension, by the way. I'm uh, trying to find <laughs> it, actually. strong liking, so you used it correctly. Oh, thank you very much. I have a, uh, I, But I enjoy history, but I, I, I'm i just checking in with you, like, Sarah. I, I, I didn't think that you were really that into history, so you were fascinated by the entire interview because of? 
I actually am into history. I just can't yeah. retain the names of things. Well, you know how you question me. Uh -huh. I get I get extreme anxiety over that stuff. I, 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 I don't want to give that to you. No. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to go there. I don't want to give you yeah. anxiety. That's why I'm checking in. Yeah, I love history. I because I don't yeah. even. I won't even direct this to you. I won't even like go to you as like, hey, you know, like the check in because you're probably you know, or I would think checked out if you didn't like history. But you're telling me that you do. Yeah. Just don't re necessarily retain it. And what era in history well, are you fascinated by? Didn't we talk about the Manson? We talked about yeah. Manson earlier, right? Yeah. Now, that was the 1969. Recent. Now, I find myself fascinated by the 60s. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't like I experienced it, and even the bit I did experience it was as a child. So you have a different perspective, completely different. It's all based on your mom or your dad or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Everything is. Their whole perspective is put onto you. You know, Martin Luther King's assassination, RFK's assassination, you're going to get a political belief of your parents mixed in with that. You're not going to get the civil civil rights and necessarily understand it, not until you become an adult. What would be your era, I don't know, Sarah, just that since you're fascinated I, with, with? With Dan, I watch all old Hollywood movies, too. Yeah. I think that I'm totally fascinated by I'd love to live in the – I mean, it's not way, way, way before me or anything, but with Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart and the – Old Hollywood, the mm -hmm. Rat Pack, and Marilyn Monroe, and I think there's something very romantic to me about that time mm -hmm. too. But um, I, so I'd, I'd say right away that would be the first one I'd want to go on my time traveling experience. Interesting. So you would go with your history. History is about basically Hollywood. Is that's kind of your fascination? Well, yeah. I, I have a different perspective on Hollywood now that I live here, and also kind of backed up from it. I used to be really into that. I, even when I was a kid, I'd fill out the TV Guide crossword puzzle. At eight yeah. years old, I could complete it and felt very good about myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I would draw Bambi in the back and join art school. That was <laughs> this is what I wanted when I was a kid. But I'm not as fascinated with Hollywood anymore because I'm finding it's just uh, – they're just recreated. I had this argument with my mother when she talked to me. Um, Liz Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor, right? Mm -hmm. That would be probably included in yeah. your Hollywood elite. Definitely. She, I was said to her, I said, she's no different than J-Lo. That would be so depressing. I have this idea <laughs> that it's, it's this romantic exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. But, but step back. I see what you're going Step back with, yeah. and look yeah. at it. I see what you're doing. She was married to one guy twice and then probably seven other marriages. Ended up with like, uh, you know, she, and she did the Hollywood thing. Whoever yeah. was popular in Hollywood. There was Richard Burton, Eddie Fisher. She married, I think, a politician at one time and married a bunch of times. But we have this. Right, that's probably you know, kind of true. put her in this other category because she's the the beautiful and elegant Elizabeth Taylor, and then you have Kim Kardashian. Ugh. That right? <laughs> well, I don't know. That's there was a no bit Twitter back then, and there was, what, what's that? That's a little bit of a stretch, just because like how she became famous. At least, uh, oh, that's true. Elizabeth Taylor at least had a body of the, work, the not just her one body. Was good, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. The J-Lo one could be yeah, a, a comparison because she came all the way up from being you know, a fly girl to color, yeah. movies and television. And, mm -hmm. and How about and you? So, what would so you go back to? What, what era? Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm really fascinated with uh, the 60s, but more of the political 60s. Yeah, Kennedy's would be awesome to go uh, but, but all of it. Even yeah. Moon Landing. That there's, um, I did a collage when I was a little boy, and, and I, I, I'll never forget it. I actually got an A on it. And it was from it was 1969 and 68 and 69 were really key years. And it's almost like every year blends now. You don't have that, you know, the Kent State and the assassinations and the protests and the Chicago uh, riots 
You know what I mean? You no. can't really look back. I mean, you could look back at 68 and 69 and say yeah. these were defining moments in yeah. our history. Mm. Yeah. And it's the most fascinating. Uh, Manson, um, it's it's continual. Even the, uh, what went on on television, um, you know, there's groundbreaking. The Smothers Brothers came along, and they would yeah. talk about v the Vietnam War was uh, escalating in 1960, mm. 68, 69, and so on. But now... It's like, just take the Afghanistan war and the Iraqi war. I don't even think I've even heard about it, but it's still going on. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah. were constantly, yeah. you know, updated on uh, the My Lai massacre and, and all these things. So even how we got there really, um, again, fascinates me to the point where I learn from it. So if people say, like, for instance, the Iraq war, I was opposed to the Iraq war. Now, why was I? Uh, people thought I was, a you know, a bad citizen non-patriot and so forth you're a traitor and, and everything else and i just said well wait a minute I, you know, I just logically because of knowing history there was the gulf of tonkin is anybody know what that's about no and ironically our last guest uh, worked on the fog of war um and the gulf of tonkin was basically the 9-11 excuse to go to war the lie you know weapons uh -huh. of mass destruction that was their version mm -hmm. of it and people say, oh, you know, you're right, you know, left wing and all that kind of stuff. No, Johnson, the guy that did this, was a Democrat. He's a liberal, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's why I always say, no, don't divide me into this category. I'm a compassionate person that says, I smell a lie here. Mm -hmm. So if you're not, if that's what I love about history is, can you learn from it? So the Gulf of Tonkin was a big lie, and the guy had the courage to admit it in the documentary. Did you know that? No. Mm -mm. Yeah, the Secretary of Defense actually Pretty admits crazy. it. But, yeah, McNamara talks all about this, and that's why it's a great documentary. And he says, yeah, we made it all up. Wow. They made it up. So why couldn't that happen in current day? And it did. But oh, we right. still don't even discuss it. Right. So if you can't learn from history, why even talk about history? Why, why have history lessons? You know, so anyway, that's the most fascinating time for me because it's relatable to now. Mm -hmm. I can't relate necessarily to the 1700s. I would like to go to the West, though. But I just can't decide if I'd be a, a whore. Or a <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Miss Sarah. Wife. Yeah. Miss Sarah, line up a couple <laughs> shots for me. Yeah. Do you have any room upstairs in your boudoir <laughs> for a for a for a fine southern gentleman that would like to would like to would like to smell your aroma? What? I don't know. I was just trying to channel one of those guys. Back smell there. your aroma. Well, because what I've been smelling out there on the range ain't so good. Right. <laughs> the horse didn't smell. I need myself a fine one. That was what I was also thinking is, is we romanticize a lot of eras and times. Like the Western. I mean, yeah, you look at, I mean, have you ever been in like the West yeah. in Texas, for instance, in the middle of the summer? Yeah, it's just hot. Really hot. Yeah, really. It's just not dirty. Really yeah. hot yeah. and really dirty. Yeah. And that's now that we have air conditioning and washing machines. Yeah. Right? Can you even imagine what it was like back then? And they always took pictures in flannel and all this, the epaulets and the hats and all that kind of stuff. You know that the second the photographs were over, the Custer got into a thong. <laughs> there is cool, no yeah. way in that sweaty-ass weather that they're wearing all that flannel and that crap in a coonskin cap at the Alamo. Yeah. Like right. Three layers of clothes on. It's ridiculous. I'd want to die too. Mexicans <laughs> just kill me already. I'm the Alamo. Jeez, I'm sitting here with David Bowie with his damn knife and Davy Crockett with his smelly ass coonskin cap. Did you say I'd... David Bowie? <laughs> Did I realize? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if it was I, can, I, can find, I, can, 
Back there with, remember the Alamo <laughs> if you can. <laughs> that was like Catherine Hepburn meets yeah. David yeah. Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> Just a it wasn't that bad of a Bowie. Maybe he was trying to imitate uh, Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> this is ground control to Major Tom. Look at the loans, Norman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're coming back. We've got more. We're going to talk about your tattoos. Call us. I want to hear about your tattoos, how you got them, why, who did it, do you regret it, tattoos. I'm going to tell you my tattoo story. We'll hear from everyone in our cast of characters. It's the Craig Shoemaker Show. We're so happy that you're with us. Hope you're having a great day. More to come. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording, you oh To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall. Just to find the thing you wanted. Isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home and style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's free. Books on tape. Games galore. Everything you're looking for. Kindle. Cameras. Electronics. Baby Einstein. Hooked on phonics. Blu-ray. Movies. And TV. Downloads. Music. MP3. Pixar. Disney. Microphone. Pet supplies and doggy bones. World of Warcraft. Nancy Drew. Sims. The Scruff. System 2. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping is even free. Hey, Toad Hop listeners, the sports guru and the butt knocker from the Sportscast Wednesdays, 4 to 6 Pacific Standard Time. You got to check us out, man. We do sports like nobody else. Cover NHL, NBA, NCAA, NFL. We cover all sports. We got you got not the fuck out. Bonehead of the week. Check us out on Toad Hop Network, 4 to 6 on Wednesdays. And if you miss it, go back and watch it live. ToadHopNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. While you're there, leave a comment and rate the show. Hey, guys, we need it. We're the nickel and dime show of the network. Check us out. A lot of fun. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered. Music today by Foster the People.
You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Hi, everybody. Hey, Craig. How are your feet? Anybody buying some new shoes? From uh, We're giving you a discount, for God's sake. Some of the best shoes you could possibly have. Feet are very important to good health, right? Balance. Yeah, I think you know? so, yeah. It actually affects your entire body. You know, when you get a shiatsu massage, you know where they massage? They massage your feet. With their feet. But no, they don't do they do walk it. on you. No, 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 no. That's not shiatsu. Oh. That's happy ending. Can't think of all the thing there. That's another happy ending. No, that's uh, something else. Uh, shiatsu is they find the pressure points in your feet. I remember one time I was having a shiatsu and they said, "Oh, what's that?" And I got, "Oh, my intestines." And they go, "That's right. That's where it's associated with." They can Weird. Press, they can press little buttons on your. If, Heard if, about that? If Different I, organs. Listen yeah. for the show. I'll do this, Sarah. If you put your feet up here. Seriously? You're going to do it? Yeah. There we go. That's gross. This is fantastic. I'm about to say it's gross. I already have my shoes off, but I have Tom's shoes on. Oh, my God. Radio worth watching. Put it right here. Put it right here. All right. Now, now I'm going to show you where this is going to hurt your stomach. I'm going to put it where your stomach, okay? Does that hurt your stomach right there? All right. Let me put it this way. (laughs) Let me put it this way. Where are, where is your where does that feel good? Uh, where where is your pain? Where is your pain besides your freaking shul- mental state? <laughs> your shoulder? My uh, right, yeah, my go. shoulders. There right there, right there. That's your shoulder. Am I supposed to be feeling it in my body? Other yeah, than supposed my to, it's supposed to be going. There's right. tension in my feet. Aha! Uh, uh-huh. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did. Okay. Happy feet. By the way, Joel just, Joel just gave a look of disgust when I did that. Joel, you uh, want the other one? <laughs> Only if you can do both at the same time. Give him one and me one. That was just a basic foot massage. I just gave you. <laughs> yeah. By the way, back in the day, back in the day, Sarah, that, that was one of my, That was one of my. That's how your dad could have gotten me. That was a go-to. Foot, foot, foot rub. Uh, let, me hey, see. let me rub your feet. Hey, nice foot rubbing a guest star on something. It's like good heels on you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's important to have good feet and good balance, and it goes all the way up your spine, all the way to your head. Your entire body is affected, so why not go to healthyfeetstore.com? If you go there, you can put in the coupon code LAUGHITOFF2013. That's us. We're the Laugh It Off show. Laugh It Off 2013. Put that in a coupon code, and you can choose all of these shoes. Every single one of them is approved, designed, and so forth by orthopedic. Too. What's that? They look good, too. Well, they, they do look. Look at these. These are awesome. These Spankos. I've had them for a year now, and they're, and they're still hanging in there, and they're great, and they're supportive, even though they're just a casual, casual shoe. My son has now, um, he's got uh, athletic shoes. My mom has... Slippers, haven't heard from her to find out how they're going, but uh, <laughs> yeah. she's got some nice supportive slippers that she's wearing right now. And uh, go to HealthyFeetStore.com. And uh, you don't have to say, tell them Craig sent you. <laughs> That'd be old school. Just put in the coupon code, and you'll get a discount and free delivery. Nice. Ooh. You, yeah, there you go. Free shipping. Free shipping. And, well, yeah, you know, yeah, and delivery. So anyway, uh, <laughs> we're talking about uh, tattoos. Maybe a tattooed man from Healthy Feet Store will show up at your uh, – I look for segues all the time. Right. He'll show, hey, here's your new shoes. Look at my tattoo. Uh, we're talking about tattoos. Uh, we had a couple calls. I'm sorry that I had to get to my business, but you can call back. I saw Sacramento called us at the 916. Oh, we've got 203 calling. That's uh, Connecticut. Let's see if I'm right about that. Hi, are you in Connecticut? Yes, I am. How are you? I am fantastic. Who's this? Is this Craig Shoemaker? It is Craig Shoemaker, and you are? And this is your fellow comedian brethren, Johnny Rizzo. Hey, man, how you doing? 
Hey, how you doing? Long time no see or hear. I've talked to you. I haven't talked to you in a hundred years. Are you in Connecticut? Yes, I am. What are you doing there? It's not a com- that's not it's not a comedy mecca. <laughs> oh, not at all. That's why I come here. Oh, okay. You don't want comedy. No, I want comedy, but I like some peace when I'm not doing comedy. Oh, yeah. you know what? I said that yesterday. I did uh, Ralphie Mays podcast, and they came out to my yeah. they came out to my neighborhood, and I said, "Look, mm-hmm. this is where you this is where you kind of reboot." Mm. You know what I mean? You, yes. you know, you need that because I don't want to be in it all the time. You're in it, in it, in it, and it just drives you crazy. And you, you write better material when you have a chance to chill and have another alternative to yeah. side to life than just the, hanging out with comics and, and industry people. Hey, uh, John, do you have any tattoos? Yes, I do. Yes, I do, sir. What do you have? I have on uh, my right uh, upper arm, I have a court jester. Holding a microphone. <laughs> Come on, man. You can't be that cliche. That is cliche. I swear well, to God. You know, well, it might, be, it might be cliche, but at least it's not a comedy tragedy, man. Okay, I'll give you that one, but it's one step yeah, below it. Right. Are you kidding? A court jester with a microphone? Could you be any more obvious? Now, you put, would you put that one on in case people didn't know what you did? You go, hey. Are you a well, comedian? Exactly. I, was, I would do that back in the days. Lisa would just make it a T-shirt. I wear a T-shirt of a comedy club, so girls would go, "Are you a comedian?" I go, "Yes, <laughs> I am." But you are wearing yeah, well, it on as a tattoo. Well, actually, uh, I had just the uh, court jester with his hand up, but it looked uh, kind of pornographic without <laughs> a microphone in the hand. What it looked like he was giving a, um, a hand job out to the, to the air. I mean. It looked pornographic. Well, uh, a, a little higher in the uh, 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 towards the head, yeah. Okay, so and then you decide I'm going to put a phallic microphone in, in its place, <laughs> which well, has nothing to do a, with pornography. <laughs> it was a lot better than just an empty hand with that gesture. You know what I mean? Yeah, the gesturing gesture, gesture. <laughs> so, so, uh, so that's one. You have more than one. Yes, I do. Oh, I hate to hear what the other one is. <laughs> The other one is your day well, job, uh, selling insurance. Well, uh, <laughs> well you know what? Uh, I have to uh, reiterate just for the record that I had tattoos before Axl Rose made it popular and before women got tramp stamps. Oh. And when women, when women started to get tramp stamps, I wanted to burn my tattoos off my body. Don't tell me you have a tramp stamp. You were the one that started okay. it. You have one on your hairy ass? <laughs> well, actually, uh, my tram stand says uh, available to headline anywhere. So. <laughs> no, that's what the jester says. <laughs> that's pretty much what the jester says. Well, yes, All right. Yes, well, yes. Uh, what, what is what is the other tattoo, and where is it, Johnny? Okay, uh, the other one is more uh, more symbolic and more personal. I have a triangle, and within that triangle is my father fishing in heaven. Oh, you had to go sentimental. We can't make fun of that one, for God's sakes. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, but... we'll pass on. We'll pass on to the next one. The, 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 the <laughs> third one. Why, How we... many do you have? Yeah, what do you? What... We only have a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it? Well, the third. The third one is a, uh, a classic pinup girl in uh, just black of a cowgirl, you know, with guns a blazing, and uh, <laughs> this is the only girl that will never leave me. Unbelievable, man! What do you? I, is comedy that bad? You're auditioning for Ink. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll take it if it's sad. 
All right. Well, I, I you have a lot of tattoos, my brother. But well, it's good to hear from you, man. I'm glad, and I'm glad you're uh, checking us out. I hope you're having fun listening to us. I love you, Greg. You're you're the love maker, baby. Now I am the Master. love maker. I'm Greg, the love maker. <laughs> <laughs> love, I love, I love you too, John. <laughs> <laughs> that awesome. That's okay. That's all right. Love maker. Love maker. I, listen, if he's listening, I don't care. Yeah. It could be Craig Shoemaster, the love maker. I don't care. Right. I love how you the Yesterday I was the grill master. I have a tattoo. By the way, you can call us with your tattoos. Uh, some of people have Facebooked, right? Yeah. Stefan? Yeah. Do you want to read them? There's some funny ones on there, right? Yeah, well, how'd you see. get yours? 323-622-8623. Why do you have it? What'd you do? Were you drunk? What's your tat? Yeah. Oh, we don't I have both. can't even call it a tat. It, it doesn't tit? even. Is it? Doesn't an, even qualify. It'd be an ooh. No. Did you get it? Can I ask where you got it? Uh, as a story. Okay. 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 Since no one's calling, I have time for the story. I can't believe that Sarah. I have not told you this story. We've spent time on the road together. I have not. You've even actually seen, seen me shirtless once. And I didn't see your tat. You must have missed it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why you missed it. Why? Here's what happened. I was doing one of these radio shows, one of those silly radio shows. I was promoting my performance in Dallas at the Improv, right? The Addison Improv. <laughs> so, Joel, I have no tattoos at the time. And yeah. like you, you have none, right? No. Like you, I committed to not having a tattoo. I don't know that I've committed to not Really? Having okay, well, we'll get to that. Right. I, you might not have committed. I had a commitment never to have a tattoo, and yeah. I had reasons for it. Uh-huh. Okay, I had a number of reasons. I will never do this as long as I live. But this will tell you a reflection of who I am. I want to get people to come to my performance at the Addison Improv. <laughs> yeah. So on this show, Lex and Terry, it's, it's called. They're still on the air, buddies of mine. They're very uh, like sophomoric humor, and they have a thing called Drunk Bitch Friday. So I'm in there promoting my show. I'm all the way at the other end of the console. Who do you think they're focusing on? They're getting this girl drunk. They call it Drunk Bitch Friday. It's Friday, and they get her drunk. Awesome. And so, oh, yeah, real awesome. <laughs> now, I've got clever retorts and stories and stuff like that to send people to my show that want to laugh. But, no, they keep come pulling focus back to this drunken bitch yeah. who's completely gone at 8 in the morning. Wow. And then and so I'd be going... So anyway, my father, and I go, oh, there she goes again. She's blowing chunks. And then bleh, oh, she's vomiting wow, into it. Wow. So, and then they would pull out the Lysol. And this is radio. This wow. is what's going on. Then we get the Lysol. Radio. Yeah, it's sideshow. And she will not stop vomiting. Every time I try a joke, she'd vomit. Wow. <laughs> so, and nothing to do with my joke, by the way. So yeah. anyway, so I'm sitting there. And now imagine you're, you're me, and you're going, oh, my God, it's a syndicated show. People are listening. This is a chance to promote. What am I going to do? I'm getting no attention. This is in my side. Of, this is the thoughts inside of my mind. Uh-huh. Now another guy comes in. The other end of the console is a guy. He's going to get Lex and Terry, the host of the show, a mural on his back from a famous tattoo artist in Dallas. So now there's a tattoo artist. There's a guy with his shirt off, <laughs> and he's now getting Lex and Terry their symbol, this giant yin yang Lex and Terry symbol. Uh, these their faces on the back of his. On his back. Yeah. Oh my God. Tell me this guy doesn't regret it the minute they're off the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to live the rest of his life with these guys on his back. So now I'm sitting there, and they're going, oh, wow. You're, how long have you been doing tattoos? Who's the most famous person you're tattooing? And they're tattooing this guy. Wow, there's our faces. She's oh blowing chunks. Uh, so I'm going, what am I I'm Radio. getting no attention whatsoever. Uh-huh. So finally I had one moment. I went, I'll get a tattoo. 
Oh, no. This is how far I would go just to get people to come on a Thursday night to my show. By the way, I'm in Pittsburgh this weekend <laughs> at the Improv. He Please go see me. tattooed on I'm him. Pittsburgh this weekend and following weekend is a huge show at the Saban Theater. And we are selling tickets like crazy. Nice. You got to get tickets fast. 1,700 people. Celebrities galore are coming. Cool. I don't even want to tell you who. There are a lot of celebrities coming. We're going to have an after party. The whole deal. Please go to Saban Theater. I had to go to their website and come June 15th for Father's Day. Perfect. I have a lot of Father's Day material. Cool. Back to the tattoo. <laughs> so anyway, you can see how much I love to promote. <laughs> you have to in this business. I, I want to get people to come, you know, see a little bit of talent, some jokes and yeah. things like that instead of uh, the crap that's out there. Thank you, Stefan, for feeding my meter. Anyway, he's not even going to hear the end of this. It's a shame. I'm really upset about that. I know, I know. You'll have to listen to it later, Stefan, but he's feeding my meter because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> anyway, so I said, I'll get a tattoo. And whoosh, all the focus comes back to me. They're all looking at me now. I'm going, this is great. But now I go, now I'm stuck. Yeah. What am I going to do? They go, do you have any? I go, no. And I committed not to ever have one. But I will now. <laughs> By the way, my show is at 7.30 tonight. <laughs> so they go, really? And I said, what do you want to get? And I had no chance to think about this. I've never wanted a tattoo in my life. I go, all right. Um, and the guy's there. He's all ready. Yeah. He's got his pen in hand. Yeah. He's ready to do me. And I go, how about a dot? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just give me a dot just so you and then i try to throw in some jokes yeah like this is what you'll hear tonight if you come to my show so he goes a dot he goes how about three dots so i go yeah sure give me three dots <laughs> so I, go, I go to the other end of the console and i was really surprised by this it doesn't it didn't hurt at all i had it done on a very easy spot that i already have zits popped anyway on your back no near uh, like the shoulder yeah like right at the blade and it really it did not hurt whatsoever so he does three dots little tiny baby dots right so anyway i'm going to show you now yeah this is radio worth watching yeah that's the music so i get the dots and the second they are finished they said they fooled me you don't know this either it's a gang symbol it means jail, hospital, and death. <laughs> I'm the most suburban dad, married guy, and now I've got jail, hospital, and death for my tattoo. Wow. Not only that, it is the most hideous tattoo you've ever seen in your life. My child was young at the time, my, my middle child. He, he tried to scratch it off. Yeah. He said, what is this? It looks like a radiation symbol. Anything but looking cool. It is the worst looking tattoo I've ever seen. Show us. It was my equivalent of being drunk and showing up at a place at midnight. Yeah, do it. Strip. Do you can it. still call us, by the way. Here we go. I'm going to show you this supposed tattoo. to be strip club music. Wow. This couldn't make a stripper strip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the wrong kind of strip club. Upbeat yeah. stripper music. There it is. You can even see it. Look at that. You guys wow. are craning to see it. I can't. It's you see it? Yeah. Oh my God, Craig! Describe, <laughs> describe it. It's it, a it's three dots in a, in a triangular triangle. formation. Uh huh. Yeah. Did I get that close to the camera? That is radio worth watching. That is my tattoo. <laughs> wow. Can never be buried in a Jewish cemetery. True. Tatted up. Do you know that? You could just yeah. get a few more and call it a rash or something, like a few more dots. Well, I can say that I actually, I'm like Karen Silkwood. I survived a radiation. <laughs> this is a symbol for that. I don't know what to say. I, I, I try to explain it to my kids. All three of them make fun of me. 
Daddy, what is this, you moron? I can't say. I was on Drunk Bitch Friday. Shut up. <laughs> Trying to make money for the <laughs> You've never family. told them what the story is? No, not really. I just said, look, Daddy was dumb one day. <laughs> Are you going to ever get it removed? You know, that's a good question. I guess I should. You can. I think you should get it turned into something else. You do? You Call do. us and tell us what he should have it turned into. Yeah, that's right. 323-622-8623. You don't have much time. Yeah, what should I turn this into and what are your tattoos? Let's tell see. me your bad tattoo stories. Why is there something on uh, something go ha ha laugh it off? You that's can go our to Twitter. Our, uh, Facebook page Laugh It Off Podcast. Laugh It Off Podcast. Let us know what go your participate. Tats are. Yeah, what's your tat on Laugh It Off Podcast on Facebook? Oh, it does it you just gotta press like. That's all you have to do. It's not a big deal. Or give us a call. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Oh, guys. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> what are you getting one? Are you getting one? Are you getting something uh, on Twitter, Joel? No, well, no, well, a link to something else. To, oh, a link to uh, tattoos or a link to the Lex and Terry show when I was on there, like These an idiot getting my, my tattoo. Valerie Holloway says, mine is, mine is my name in Spanish, which is a friend's handwriting. This doesn't make any sense. And mine Aquarius symbol under it. My next one, I want to be a pug because I have four of them. <laughs> really? Yeah. She wants to get it. I don't think, I think tattoos are ridiculous. I, I, well, I, when I was a kid and it was ninth grade, I, have you guys ever gone through a phase where you hung out with like really bad people? No. Yeah. No, you never did? Maybe like for a week I did. Yeah, I did. I was Not several really months. Bad. I actually joined a gang. <laughs> yeah. Did they have to jump you to initiate you into the game? No, there were all sorts of initiations, and I don't even want to tell you what they were. They're really bad. Tell us. <laughs> yeah, it was a good chant. Only one of you. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that, I have to. Yeah. That wasn't Come on, everyone. To. Tell Just me. for that, I've got to confess. <laughs> I, they made me commit crimes. What kind? And I have to tell you. Uh, breaking and entering, uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of that. Um, this is ninth grade. Now, oh. let me tell you something. The leader, you, your shirt is still unbuttoned. Hmm? <laughs> your shirt is unbuttoned. Yeah, it's disgusting. Table. I look like I'm in the <laughs> 70s now. Thanks for telling me. I've been on camera and no one called me. That's like having toothpaste on my mouth the other day and no one told me. That's worse. My, I was exposed for how many minutes? Please <laughs> don't go back over Just, that. Uh, so yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah, I was in a gang, and the leader of the gang, his name was Devil. Literally, that was his name, <laughs> Devil oh. Kaufman. Did you already have your tattoo? Why would somebody no, name no, 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 your no, child no. This that? tattoo, the, this thing only happened a few years ago okay. when I was on the radio. No, this is ninth grade. Devil Kaufman. Wasn't even a, his name was Devil Kaufman. It almost sounds like Kaufman. His it's real like, name, so not his nickname? That's no, his real name. Why would and his had, parents ever do that? Because he had eyebrows that were shaped like devil horns. Okay, let's name him Devil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, whatever. That's that was bizarre. his name. That's your future's yeah. already planned at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> the, he, but here's the thing: is so I got involved with Devil Kaufman and some other uh, bad guys, you know, rough dudes. We call them the rough dudes. And I got in their gang, but then they would do things that would make me go, I don't think I want to be in this gang. Even the robbery, I was okay with. But, but then when they took a squirrel and stabbed it and put it up on the tree trunk, oh, I'm there. I'm starting to go out. And then they go, you go bag a squirrel now. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was, I would do certain things, but then this was the day that I went, no, I'm out of this gang. The well, day that they pulled out this ink, they pulled out ink in a uh, clear bottle with pins. 
and they go, get okay, give us whatever body part. We're going to put a tattoo on you. <gasps> and then they showed me theirs, and they were the worst. It was <laughs> yeah. like t- they were the worst. It was like connect the dots. So they make dot, 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 dot to make oh, an wow. eye. You know, right in a row. Yeah. And they're bleeding and they were like infected. So they're like showing me these infections, acting like I want a part of this. So, and then he's there with the eyebrows and everything. We're in his basement. And I went, I got to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I never returned. Yeah. No, never returned. It's good they let you leave. Now, and I'm kind of shocked they let you go. By the way, that gang, I'm not exaggerating, that gang of guys, uh, one dead, one probably dead, one total prisoner for many years, and the other one probably prison as well. I don't know whatever happened to him. Oh, shock. really? Huh? Shock. Shot, probably. <laughs> you're not shock. No, no, shock. No, I think he said shot. He was probably shot. Probably I'll have to look him up. I think they're going to say, like, CEO, one guy's running his own business. <laughs> like, it was, like, totally <laughs> changed. Yeah. No, no, no. It was like law of attraction even back That's then. Crazy. Once you name your kid devil, yeah. things he's aren't going to go well. He's well, that one, I think he's life. dead. I'm almost positive. I would love if he was the one that went clean and was still had the eyebrows but funny. was working with children. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't want him working with yeah. children. Devil. I, I don't know whatever happened, but I know that um, one of a major heroin addict, even in high school, and I was every time I would pass him in the hallway, I would think to myself, "We were part of the Ram Gang." That's what you guys were. The, <laughs> we're the Ram. Rams. Yeah. Is that a real gang or is that a made-up ninth grade gang? We made it up, and we had we had uh, jackets with Ram horns, and we were the Rams. Why Rams? Uh, why are you questioning <laughs> me, Sarah? <laughs> I first of all, the logic first of all, Sarah, I didn't. Ram. I didn't come up with the name, all right? I joined the gang that was in place. Okay, so are you know what? When going. you're joining a gang, you don't go, I like a meeting to rename. <laughs> oh, so they were already the Rams when you joined. They were the Rams. Well, kind of. I was a little bit a part of it. Oh, we got two phone calls. 626 might know the answer because that's Philadelphia. Quick. Or at least Jersey or something. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Santiago from Alhambra. Hey, Santiago. How are you? Doing fine. What about you, Greg? I'm fantastic. Are you part of the Rams? Sarah wants to know if you're a part of our Ram gang. (laughs) Well, well, actually, I just saw your Facebook post about tattoos, and I just kind of wanted to give my comment on that. Okay, go ahead. All right, well, let me see what you guys think about this one. See if you can guess the meaning behind this. All right. All right, it's it's on my right forearm. It's a dagger, and on the outside of the dagger, excuse me, it's a royal flush of spades from the ace to the jack. I'm sorry, from ace, the ace to the ten. Ace to ten. A royal flush with a dagger on the top. Okay. Jack yeah. of all trades. Jack. <laughs> uh, um, so it's a riddle. I feel like I'm on a, Batman. It's yeah. a riddle? Batman was so good at this. You see, Robin. <laughs> this was the Riddler, I think. Lucky uh, dagger. <laughs> <laughs> How about how about you you, you fuck with me? I'll stab your ass. He said somewhat. Somewhat. I think we're on to something yeah. lucky with a blade. Lucky, lucky, lucky kill. Lucky flush the blade. Fl- what is it? Tell us. Yeah. Does, does the dagger have anything to do with threatening people? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. It, this is the whole story behind okay. it. Okay. I got it back around 2008, 2009, and what it holds is that. No matter how lucky I am in life, there's always something to prevent me from reaching my goal. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Okay. Whether right. it be a dagger or, or a deck of cards. Here's, 
Yeah, exactly. Because the royal flush of spades is basically the highest hand you can get. If you can get it, you're ultimately you have that much luck or skill. The dagger is supposed to represent something. It's like the brick wall. Oh, you're it's, supposed to guess. It's that. preventing me from actually getting it. What, now, what prevents you today besides the tattoo? <laughs> well, well, no, it's just that at the time that I got it, it, it was a whole, like, I was dating a lot. I was getting to meet different people, and then just something happened. They either went back to their ex-boyfriend, or they would find somebody else. That's so funny. My life sucks. Fuck it. Let's get a tattoo that says how much my life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That'll change Put the it. cards on top of the dagger. That's we got, optimistic. We have to go, but I really, Santiago, if that really is your name, I appreciate yes, your call. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm, I really appreciate you uh, contacting us using yeah. those digits, participating in our show. Awesome. I want to thank our guests, Luke Poling and Tom Bean. Go see the movie Plimpton if it's in your neighborhood. I know it's here because uh, our team's going to go see it tonight. 478 is calling me. I'm so sorry. Our show is over. Next week. 478, you please call us. 478, call us back next week. Who where Our guest will be Eddie Ift. Is that correct? Yeah. Eddie so. Ift. Been wanting to have him on for a long time. I did his podcast, and it was really funny. Completely different than our show. <laughs> Can't wait to have him on. Ooh. Sarah Sweet. Let yeah. us know how that movie is. All right, uh, Joel, you too? Yeah, sure. Joel Geist, you guys performing anywhere? <laughs> No, not recently. Okay, okay. Anybody? Sarah? No. No? Okay. Stefan, performing anywhere? I'll let you know. I am. You are. Pittsburgh (laughs) Improv. This weekend, heading there, and I'm very excited to be there uh, for the whole weekend uh, through Sunday. Please come see me pass the word. Go to our podcast page. Uh, Go to our, on Facebook, all that stuff. And uh, we hope you have a wonderful, laugh-filled week. See you next time. He has a live You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Live. Live from the Toad Hop Network Studios in Hollywood. This, this is the Toad Hop.